where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Our guy BT is in studio today for the yeah. Cardinals Power Hour. He doesn't know he's going to be in for the full four hours. Yeah, uh, he's he just finding out now. You All right. BT, you uh, good? That sounds very good. Just know this after the first hour, I'm going to have to use the restroom. Just quick restroom right. break. I think that's fair. I yeah. do pack up my things when I go. Just leave your keys here. Yeah. I'll watch them for you. Okay. No, I appreciate that. You've it's good to be in. You've changed your, your bathroom habit. You're taking everything then. Right. No. right. It's trust issues that I have now. I so, leave anything around and Chip takes it. You know, everything oh, is flagged at that point, right? Yeah. Like if you take all that into the bathroom, that stuff's flagged. Yep. What, is, what does that mean? Remember Seinfeld? Like you the book. Care, never watched it. Carry something into this. the bathroom like it's flagged. No, I've never yeah. watched Seinfeld. Mm. There we I, go. I th- There's our guy. See, I think it's good, but I don't know if you'd be interested... I don't know if that's a show that's like, you got to go back and watch it. It's, you know what it's I mean? funny. It, it, it's here's good. what I'll say. If you're, if you're a huge Seinfeld fan, which I, there's apparently it did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say this. You're smarter than me. Like, that's all there is to it. You are smarter than I am because no. a lot of the humor just doesn't land for me. I need a little bit more maybe slapstick or something. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it doesn't hit home enough for me. Sure. Or I haven't given it enough chance. Either way. Yeah. It's on the list. I got a few things still on the list. What's number one? Hoosiers, I guess, is still, still oh, on that list. Yeah, I forgot about that. Haven't done that yet. Haven't had any downtime on the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's good, Brad. Still there. Speaking that's of speaking of which, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are, are going overseas. They're going to be in London this weekend. Yeah, they I, had an off day in London yesterday. So yesterday when we were talking to you, BT, I thought, all right, it's too bad that BT didn't have an opportunity to to go out to London. That's but there's two national games: Fox, ESPN. Yeah. Then I was listening this morning to the station, and I heard the opening drive had uh, Chip Carey on it. Where was Chip uh, doing it from? Behold, Chip was in London. London. What the hell? Look, Chip is, he's tall, he's handsome, he's uh, he's got one of those faces where it's just like, that face should come to London. He's a well-dressed man. What does he have that you don't? Those things that I just laid out, and um, I I don't know. I mean, he's just, he is uh, the ambassador for our end of things, and he's going to be a great one. And look, I, I thought to myself, like, this is going to be great. And it is great. Good time at home. I was telling you guys, I spent the last six hours digging a hole for a basketball hoop. Oh, which is, shouldn't be that, shouldn't it's be not that a hard. Meta, it's oh, not a metaphor. Concrete. Yeah. Oh, that's, man, you're a going three, all out. A three foot hole should not take as long as it took this morning. But you rock know, Brad, and clay. There's people that will do that for you. Yeah, it's called me. <laughs> I'm those people. At some point, well, we'll see. Uh, but I, I wasn't like, 
like as jealous until it was like last day in DC and everybody's talking about where are we going? What are we doing? Oh, we have a game hub where we got this tour and we've got that. And like, well, what do you guys like? Fish do you guys have chips. to do all these things? It's like, no, whatever we want. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Whatever you whatever you want to do. And then this morning, I'm still on the text message chain from the trip. It's all one big trip. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like, hey, galas at this time and they'll pick you up at six and you can like, yeah, well. I'm busy, so <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. How do you guys feel, though, about uh, about the international games? Because it is taking away a couple of home games from the Birds against the Cubs on a weekend, which mm -hmm. you yeah. know how fun that is anyhow. But what do you think about the London series and then your Cardinals, I mean, are, are in front of it? I I don't mind it. I mean, I think I look at it from two, two perspectives. One is I think for the game of baseball, it's always good to continue to grow your fan base. And when you have the Cubs, Cardinals, that kind of a matchup, it carries weight. And you're going over to England, and they're, they're transformed the stadium into a baseball stadium. It looked pretty darn neat. I'm not going to lie, seeing some of the images that they've shown. So from that kind of that standpoint, I think that it's it's good for me. Selfishly, I'd rather have the Cubs playing here in St. Louis and be able to catch the action, go and down, be a part of it, not miss a couple of days of baseball to kind of keep this thing rolling. Especially your know, Cardinals, you know, tough one the last game, but before that, they've been rolling. If, I don't know. Sometimes the, the pause can be good, but I feel like it would have been better just kind of keep this ship flowing. Get over it, hey, hey, Janet. Oh, Janet, right hell? out of the gates. Normally, she does not attack Jamie like yeah, that. I don't that even was that, that was interesting. I think the international series is great. I think how, how else are you going to expand your game? Put put the game in front of people in, unless you you take the game overseas. So I think it's great. I think it's great that they're in London this weekend. They were in Mexico earlier earlier this year. We've seen them. I I, I think Australia was uh, yeah at least it started one, the season there right yeah. was it seattle and somebody what? else dodgers maybe two years ago oh. i think it was two years ago i think the dodgers were out there it's a long way to go i think it makes <laughs> sense or i don't where i don't love the the international stuff would be the nfl thinking well why don't we have a team in london going over there for the international series is great i don't know if i want to see one of the you know, the game, don't, uh, don't try to get it exactly. adopted, I guess. Yes. It's like, ah, and we're here now. That's right. right. That travel schedule is not going to work. Yeah, you're you... right for a change. Well, thank you. Hmm. It feels is that good. me or Brad? No, or... it's going to be me. Either way. I'm taking that one. <laughs> uh, I had a chance to be, uh, we, we did the games when the Cardinals went to Monterey, Mexico a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Like, the experience was so cool. And it was neat to see Cardinal fans, or maybe newfound Cardinal fans, there in Monterey, Mexico. That just enjoyed being a part of it and being around the game and like you know how it is like once you see something maybe in person for the first time or you have that experience where somebody flips you a ball or flips you a puck or just smiles or waves like that does it for you and then you end up being a fan and mm -hmm. maybe and then you end up you do it as a kid and, and you grow into an adult and you're a fan with a you know you get a job and you spend your money on tickets like it makes sense to grow the game as much as you can but I do understand if you're thinking, well, yeah, but I could have been going to a Cardinals-Cubs game. Yeah. I get it. It's the greater good. I agree with that. Speaking of the Cubs, the Cubs head into this weekend series. They're, they're playing some pretty good baseball. They're going to have their two best starters on the hill, too. You got Steele going Saturday. You got Stroman going on Sunday. Adam Wainwright will go for the Cardinals. And then Jack Flaherty will go on Sunday for the Redbirds. But the, the Cardinals won back-to-back one back-to-back -back series the cubs have won eight of their last 10. they're also the only team in the division that has a positive run differential i realize that's not the end-all be-all but when you're looking at projecting what the teams could be moving forward i think that is something to kind of circle for the cubs to say about plus 26. 
I know that we're still optimistic to some degree that the Cardinals can get back into this. When you look at the Cubs, though, do you see a team not only ahead of things in the division, but also on paper with the with the roster? No, I, I will say this. They pitch better than you, definitely, and that is that is the case. But I think that if you went across, and we could just do a, a fun exercise if you want to. Like, let's go position by yes, position. And I who like would this you take, game. right? I like this um, game. So, catcher. You want to go Jan Gomes or Wilson Contreras? On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Contreras. Wilson Contreras. We all said it. Yeah. So, and uh, we all know that that is going to be the better one. Everybody said it right away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitive. With conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said it with their chest, which was good. I mean, First offensively, face. yeah. We're, yeah. Trey Mancini right. or Goldie? Boy, I like Trey Mancini. You yeah. do, Anthony. I did when he was playing outfield for the Orioles and still played pretty good baseball. I'll take Goldie. Okay. Yeah. Big fundy for me, please. Yeah. This is a hard one here, and it, it, this one's difficult due to the fact that it bounces around a little bit position-wise, but I'll just give you the two players that, that I'll put here. Second base, Nico Horner or Nolan Gorman? Right now? Right now. Horner. Three for 57, his last... Uh... He's been key for struggling a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, a month ago, definitely Gorman. I'll still say Gorman. Ah. Nico's a little bit older, too. Nico's three years older. I'll stay. I'll say. I'm Gorman. going Storm and Gorman too over Nico Horner. I'm I'm betting on the power potential upside over right. Steady Eddie, Miso Nico Horner. Yes, yes. Well played. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Shortstop, right. Dansby or Dansby. Yep. Yeah. The king is gone. <laughs> Paul DeYoung when he struggles. Hmm. What is that? It's you heard it. They, it's, Brad, what you don't know what's happened here in the fast lane we play the lineup game yeah is um you know that you hit you play that mentality if you hit we play your sounder if you don't hit we either change the sounder to something that's maybe not so positive or we just don't give you one anymore hmm. i don't mind that one bit yeah so accountability. Here's the thing. Yeah. We had we had, you know, Paul DeYoung, his original one. <laughs> the king has returned. Well then he 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 was not doing that well, so then the king was gone. However, when the king was gone, he hit a home run. And so we motivated well, him. We motivated welcome, him. And then we played it again and then hit another home run. So now that is his sounder. <laughs> We're it basically works. doing it for DeYoung. It works. Incarnation. Left field. Ian Happ, or let's go with uh, right now. We're gonna go with Newt Bar. Yeah. Or you can do Walker, whichever one you want. What? Ian Happ's a pretty good player. Ian Happ. Anthony, you're all about the pepper grinder. I watch you every day. You do that pepper grinder, and now you're saying no to Newt Bar. It's Marsh. No, I saw you. His version. You thought is you're all by yourself exotic. in that corner doing the pepper grinder. I saw you. I'll go with Newt. I'm going with Newt too. You're in the bathroom. And Hap is a very good player. Center field, Tommy Edmond or Cody Bellinger? Tommy Edmond. Cody Bellinger can go get it for sure, and he's got far more power potential, as we all know, even though potentials. Can he play second base? Can he play second? Can he play play shortstop? No, no, can't do either of those things. (laughs) He can play first, but I'm sure Tommy Edmond can play first, too. Yeah. And then uh, right field. Do you want uh, Seiya Suzuki? Or do you want Dylan Carlson? Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki. Can Suzuki switch hit? <laughs> Does it matter? That 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I'll give you Suzuki. You can have Suzuki right now. So really, what, we went, uh, what, three? What about third base, Brad? We did third base, didn't did we? Did we? No. Oh, we I'm sorry. Do... Patrick Wisdom or Nolan oh, oh, or Now, this is where it gets interesting. I mean, that Patrick Wisdom. I just Wisdom, skipped over that one. He's got some pop. He does, he does. have 14 home runs. Yeah. He is under 200. Which is fine. Nobody cares weight? about that. No, not weight-wise. Oh. I, I bet Patrick Wisdom looking at him. I bet I bet Wiz is probably two ten. I give him two fifteen. He's pretty yeah. put together. Yeah, mm-hmm. sturdy. Mm. I'll go with Arenado. Yeah, me too. What about? Oh yeah, we did. Uh, we covered the rest. Now the yeah. funny part is, if we did the pitching staff, uh, we're running out of time. So <laughs> we're running out of time. It's two twelve. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. BT is with us for the next couple of segments. We'll dive into the Cardinals. At what point do the Cardinals look towards next year instead of just this year? Brad will tell you probably never, but uh, we'll get an answer out of him anyways. That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson joining us for our Cardinals Power Hour with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. At what point do the Cardinals look towards next year instead of this year? BT, your thoughts? I think you're always looking towards next year, Anthony. Oh, good spin. And the year afterwards. Uh-huh. It's called having foresight. Uh, it's called having a smart organization. Long-term plan. Of course, Anthony. So it's about taking care of your job mm-hmm. right here, right now, today. But, Anthony, I bet you're worried about next year. Certainly. I bet that you are thinking ahead of, okay, well, what's, what's this going to look like for us, for our family? Well, yeah. Brad, what you don't realize is that Anthony and I uh, now run the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm i president of baseball operations, and Anthony's the general manager. Yeah. And, so, oh, boy, we did make one move already. What? Uh, pray oh, tell. Yeah, I, I already know what you gave up, prospects, but what would you bring in? No, uh, not that kind of move. Hmm. You uh, replace somebody. Mm-hmm. We sent somebody down. We sent somebody, somebody down. Somebody or something. Ah, somebody. Somebody who All right, had so it give coming. Me, give me some hints. All right, so somebody had they had it coming. They had it coming. Complacency is a bad thing. Best year, best year was the pandemic year. Yes, okay. by far. By far. Best year was the pandemic year. Fredbird? <laughs> Fredbird. <laughs> Brad, sometimes there's tough decisions. Yeah. Why was that so easy for me to come up with? Because he <laughs> was great. Because he was great in the pandemic. He's exactly. out there ironing, and he's yes. got like a pool. And he, I mean, what he has he done so since? Many Where has that all gone? To London. I saw him eating fish and chips this morning. Okay, well, of course. I mean, there's no well, creativity He's there. on the taxi squad. He's also on the text chain list. Uh, he, Is he? He sucks at tight the thumbs. They're terrible. Yeah. Uh, I can um, never understand what he's saying. So you sent him down? Yeah, we sent him down. We, where, we, where to? to? Memphis. Memphis. They have yeah. a bird. Yeah, no, him Rocky the Rock yeah. and Red Bird. Yeah. That he, guy, that guy knows how now. to get it done. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you right now, Rocky, if we're just talking about a fight, okay, like, like a bird fight, bird battle. Yeah, he's yeah. jacked. Rocky is going to murder Fred Bird. Like, right. Fred Bird's a docile creature. Like, Rocky is, you seen the calves on Rocky? 
Like right, you, sometimes you're like player. you know, like you look at somebody, you're like, oh, look at that mascot, that's funny. And then other times you look at that, look at that animal inside that mascot uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's right. He's got a much bigger beak. Sure too. does. Mm-hmm. Sure does. And yeah. he likes to use it. So you know what? Maybe this is a good thing for everybody. Yeah. So that was the first move okay. that we made. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. you started with the important things. Was there a second move? Not yet. Not yet. Well, you did trade. Um, Be patient. You one know, of the fans. listeners. Oh, oh, we did trade. I traded, that was early on in the that was early. That was actually yeah, for yeah. Did you trade the six one eight? I did. I did. Yeah. God, I mean, I know your guys' move left and right. <laughs> we traded Who took him. Anthony traded Oakland. him for the uh, <laughs> yeah for the possum. He was chief for the possum. We traded him for the possum. Has he text back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day. Not happy about it. <laughs> he loves Anthony. Where's the possum? Yeah. We don't know. That's the thing. We were trying it's to not, create that's a rally. Why you were digging the hole. A rally possum. <laughs> We thought we had a, a rally possum. That was that was my vision. We tried, we tried. Yeah, so we we have no idea. It didn't work. So got rid of Fred Bird. Got rid of the six one hate, which hasn't worked yet. No. Uh, which no. thank you for listening, by the way. Absolutely. Even though, yeah. You know, we may not share the same ideas and concepts and philosophies and overall view of life. Uh, still love having him or her around. Mm-hmm. Do we know it's a him? It's a yeah, him. it's a him. We he's, he's left hatred. us some mic drops. Yes. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's at the smoke shop. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, like, like, real quick. I've never heard the voice, but like, to my, is it an angry, like, upset, mad? No, because I'm picturing more of an emo, sad, where it's just like, mm. well, they Pretty never good at this game, Brad. win. <laughs> they don't win at all. <laughs> <laughs> for how many cameras in here now? These cameras don't work yet, do they? No, no, no. no. Apparently no. they're going on Tuesday. Goodness gracious, uh, I'm never coming back in. Yeah, Monday might be our last show. Uh, Actually, they pushed it off, so we have a few weeks. Oh, do we? Until yeah. in, in July. It's after July 4th, I yeah. believe, these uh, these bad boys go on. Well, we got a couple of weeks to clean up our game, guys. It's that's uh, that's why I look at it. All right, so, and the Cardinals have a couple of weeks to clean up their game. Okay, what were we talking about at the beginning? Oh, the future. Yeah, so... So, l- let me ask you this, because the question was, again, right, when do the Cardinals start looking towards the future, towards next year... At what point, ...instead yeah. of uh, this year? At what point do you say it's not realistic? Okay. Mathematically, it's not realistic well, for us to get back in this thing. I would say the, the realistic time frame of that is right at the trade deadline. If you find... That's if what if I'm you're saying. 10 games back... What are you? What are you adding? Like at that point, if you're in a hole like that, even in as bad as this division is, you really have to think about the pieces that you have that you could trade off. And exactly. I'm not talking about Goldie, okay? But you have to think about Flaherty. Anthony you have to think about to Montgomery. Like you, you got to think about those guys that are on expiring contracts. You want yeah. to trade Goldie? Yep. What if I traded him to Houston, who has Jose Abreu, who's who's not worked out, and I got you some pitching uh, as the GM of the Cardinals? No. Some top end pitching. But but. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not. Gonna, I mean, they're trying to get. A, they're trying to win another World Series. They're not going to give you guys that are currently in their rotation. Well, but why would I they're Houston. They're, they 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 have pitching. Do they? Yes. That was with their old programs. I'll get you. Well, we had the old programs. It didn't work. Did work. Actually. We had their passwords and their programs. <laughs> we did. I'm saying now, do it legit. Yeah. You could get a haul. You could redo the starting pitching. I'll tell you right That's now. What I'm saying. I don't love it. But you're thinking about it? Move no. Jordan Walker to first? <laughs> I'm not. You're set. Jordan. I'm not. I'm just saying, you're think so about cute. it. Here's what I would say. If you're doing it, you're thinking about guys maybe that are on their last year, 
and Flaherty. You flip, yeah, Flaherty, Montgomery. Montgomery uh, look, you might Hicks. even have to entertain Hicks. Like you would almost have to entertain that as much. We talked about Jordan yesterday and how uh, the, so incredibly impressed with the way that he stepped up last week. Um, but maybe you don't want to be in that position. So the Cardinals right. have a, a little bit of time. So to you guys, though, other than trading off those pieces. What else signals to you that you are looking towards next year? Is it the idea Bring of maybe – There you go. Okay. Yeah. And just let him see, play short. see what you got. Yep, let him play short. Don't worry about it. We were talking to you yesterday about this. Adam but, Ninth, play him so short. My thought of that, it, it went, when I threw that out, actually still had this team trying to compete and get better. When I was talking about Mason Wynn. Sure. Like, and then that is if – uh, if uh, DeYoung struggles. Like, that would be the only thought was, okay, I don't care what you do with your bat. We saw Tommy Edmond go to center and really help solidify things. We got some corner guys in the corner, then you're good to go. You bring in a shortstop who can pick it at the big league level. They, you know, from everybody around the organization said he could play shortstop at the big leagues last year and do so pretty easily and be one of the better shortstops out there. Yeah. Now, could he hit for the position that was still up in the air. And and it's been up and down for him with the bat at AAA. But I think that makes you, especially a starting staff that doesn't strike out as many guys, that makes you better in the infield, mm-hmm. and it does maybe put you over the edge a little bit. But either way, whether it's, whether it's uh, to do that because you're making a push late or do it because you're looking towards the future, that could be something where you say, okay, maybe he ends up making sense. And Paul, who knows, maybe Paul DeYoung fetches you something at the deadline if somebody is interested. And if you can find him, Tyler O'Neill. That's a good point. I'm sure they know where he is, okay? I'm not sure they know exactly how he's doing. I did hear the other day that he did. Uh, he was swinging off the tee. Well, okay. that's good. I mean, it's better he than that. He was nothing. golfing? I don't think so. I'd rather mm-hmm. have him playing baseball, personally. But it makes no, more oh, sense. You know, off of a baseball tee, controlled environment. Oh, yeah. And I understand gotcha. that he responded well. Well, good. And it is incredibly disappointing because I would have liked to see what it looked like this year mm-hmm. with him. And I really wonder what it looks like next year with him, depending on what the rest of this season, you know, when he comes back. I mean, at this point, it's going to have to be a long rehab stint. He hasn't taken live BPs, any of that stuff. So you're looking at August, maybe? <sighs> I mean, maybe right now for him, that kind of that sucks for him. Uh, impending free agent, like that would be that would be very nice to be able to get a, a deal like that or soon. No, he's got one more year. Yeah, right? I was gonna say, doesn't yeah. he have one more, one more year? Then, yes. Yeah. Well, that still doesn't work well. No, no. Uh, impending free agent, I would mm-hmm. think. I mean, there's no way you're not gonna pour that kind of money into no. it. So that's yeah. tough. Uh, six. The six one eight. You wanted to hear the the voice. Six one eight. Yeah, I just want to see if it matches. Like, there's some voices I have in my head. And uh, sometimes they match, sometimes they don't. Like Blake Snell? Um, yeah. Like yeah. that, That there are some that match, some that don't. Yeah. I mean, that was one that... Spot on. You yeah. knew exactly what he sounded 100%. like. 100%. Here's a 6-1-8 on trades and the four-game winning streak. Hey, guys. It's 6-1-8. That's it. <laughs> um, who would I trade? I guess it really doesn't matter because, doesn't matter. you know, there's no one available and... Uh, it's going to cost way too much to do anything. So it doesn't really matter who we trade. But also, if we keep cheering for four wins in a row and then we barely make the playoffs and the Cardinals get embarrassed in the first round again, that means nothing has changed. Spot on. 
Nothing matters. Nothing matters at all. You win four games. Who cares? Sucks. Probably just going to lose later. Is that how you do life? Is that how you do it? That sucks. That, I mean, for everybody, you be you. That sucks. Like, you had a great day at work. Tomorrow's going to suck, though, probably. <laughs> like, I had a fantastic meal. Dessert's going <laughs> to be awful. <laughs> this first drink is good. Next one's going to be urine. Like, what is, how? How? I get it. I and mean, maybe I just fake how bright side I am. Maybe I just go home and do the same thing in the 618. <laughs> no. I don't. No. I don't get it. That's... But I, real quick, I understand what he's talking about. Okay. Yeah. Not to totally bury him, even though you already traded him for a possum. Um, Didn't work it's, out. I get it that if, if you sneak into the playoffs and then it's like, ah, oh, they feel like nothing has to change. Yeah. They know something has to change. Right. You understand they the know, line of thinking. I believe that it was very eye-opening for the Cardinals last year and maybe an area where they regret it now that they didn't pony up and pay for pitching. Now, it's easy to say on their end, say, well, the guys that we would have gone after are hurt, right? Didn't know that was going to be the, the case at the time. I think that you might get more of a pass if you did that. It's like, dude, they got hurt, right? dude Verlander, look at him. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that sucks that that didn't work out. Verlander's back. But... um but I really think that it was eye-opening for them how it went down, and I think they realized that there are going to have to be some tweaks made that way. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Does Tommy Edmond make other players expendable? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals quite obviously need to be selling at the deadline. They cannot compete for a World Series. Uh, As far as a date, when they need to realize that, that'd be June 1st, about three and a half weeks ago. They need to move on from any expiring contracts. Do not trade Paul Goldschmidt. Do not trade from the core. Rebuild, have a different approach in the offseason, and go get top-tier starting pitching. All right, that was Luke who left us a mic drop. We appreciate it. Let me me just... For a second here, guys. Okay. Okay. I know. I know the answer is still no for you guys, but let me just let me just throw something <laughs> just out gonna there. Keep trying. Aren't let you? me just throw it out there. Okay. You are a persistent son of a. You know what? That's what you love about me, Jamie. Yeah, it is. Let me just throw it out there. Uh huh. Like about Goldie again. Yes, it's about Goldie. Yeah, you, boy, Brad, how'd you guess? All right. What do you got? He's got a no trade clause, so all this could be moot as it is. Okay. But Goldie is what? Thirty six. 35, 36? 36, I think he'll be 37. Sounds right. 35 going on 36? 35.8. Okay. Yeah, he's 36 in September, I believe. He's got he's got the rest of this year. We had the party last year. Got the, party. He's got the rest of this year and all of next year on his contract. He's coming off an MVP season. He's been he's been excellent again this year. Maybe not MVP, but he's been excellent this year. I just I just mentioned Jose Abreu. Who's also 35, 36, somewhere along that. Maybe, maybe he's 36, 37. Either same, same age range. Now he wasn't coming off the MVP season, but Jose Bray has been a very good player for MVP a long time. MVP a couple years ago, wasn't he? There you go. Yeah. Production this year for Jose Bray has completely fallen off the cliff. We don't know when that player in any sport is gonna see his production completely bottom out. This team needs pitching, top end pitching. 
Now, maybe in a couple of years, Tink Hens will be ready to go. Maybe next year, some of these guys that are at the AAA level will be ready to go. But you still don't have a ton of good young pitching throughout this organization, especially at that trip. What do you, BT, what did you guys used to call like the AAA level, the, the spot in between AAA and 4A? 4A. You don't have the 4A guys right now. Or purgatory. Or purgatory. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> another way to put it. If you can jumpstart that. Right around Cape Girardeau. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis to Cape. It's right there. between the two. St. Louis and Memphis. Fair enough. Perfect. If you can jumpstart that, you get some top-end pitching, you you can move Jordan Walker over to first base. Hell, you you, you can move anybody over to first base. You're not, it's not, they're not going to be Goldie. But if you don't have starting pitching, I mean, quality top-end starting pitching, it's going to be difficult to win anything big. That's my, that's my case. Okay. So, so how does this go back to Goldie for you? I use Goldie to get that top end pitching, and I don't have to worry about the fall off. Maybe he's great Most, for another year. Maybe he's not. But you, you were just talking about different guys that are in the organization that aren't quite big league ready yet, right? Like Tink Hans or you know McGreevy or Graceffo. Pick whoever you want, right, out, right. out of the group. And I, I would agree that those guys are not ready to contribute right away, and maybe not even – at a high level next year. Mm -hmm. What team is going to be, who has the depth of pitching? And I realize that we haven't had time to dig in, look at names. But generally, like if you're going to make a deal for a player like Goldie at the deadline, you are like killing fly with sledgehammer, Mm -hmm. right? And you need all of these high, you're not giving away arms that would be near the front end of somebody else's rotation at that point. You're generally giving away the arms that are a few years away, like a Tink Hansen, like some of these guys. That's the hard part with that. You're you're absolutely right. That I'll concede that. You're not gonna you're not gonna trade Goldie to Houston and get uh you know Garcia from them. They're they're gonna use him to try to win a World Series. But and I'm not intimate with Houston's farm system, but if they have guys at the AAA level I'm willing to roll that dice because I don't I don't necessarily have that in abundance. Cause not we we could say Graceffo and McGreevy and Tink Hens, oh boy, they're gonna be great. Chances are one of those guys will not. With that attitude, no, I would say absolutely. <laughs> you may not get all three guys to hit. But if but if I can bring I in another pitch, two, I don't need him to hit. Brad, I was thinking the same thing. So I just thing. want him to pitch. Hit I in terms of their, pros- great athletes, their prospect status. All of them. It's like, that's why we have to go get Shohei. You bring in two more, now I got five bites of the apple. Maybe I get an ace out of it. It's going to be very difficult to get an ace otherwise. So you want to bring in somebody else's Tink Hentz, somebody else's Graceffo, is what you're saying. I want more bites at the apple. All right. Before, before Goldie yeah. loses the value that he has right now. Okay. It's my only point. No, I, I understand the concept. Um, I'm thinking down the road. Yeah. But how does that help you even if you're – like, because here's the problem I see for the Cardinals going into next season. Mm-hmm. They really only have one guy in their rotation. Right. Because Steven Matz has been relegated to the bullpen to be determined what Relegated he- is not the right word, okay? He's been reassigned. Okay, sure. He's in the bullpen. Uh to be determined, good job down there. To be determined where he ends up ultimately. He's got two more years left with the Cardinals. Does he get another crack at it? Probably. Does he make the most of it? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, you got Miles Michaelis. So I, I'm looking at what you just said. I don't disagree, 
But I also have to get some pitching for next year, too. You're right. So it's kind of a, like a two-headed problem here is sure. the fact that you don't have the 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 ace number one guy right now ready for the big leagues, but you don't have anybody. No, but do you want do you want to spend a bunch of money? Because even Stephen Mask Matt's cost you what BT forty four? Yeah, four years forty four. But you, we're gonna you want to get put, a bunch of you want to get the next version of Stephen Matz in here and block up some to. of these guys for three to four years. You're, not that listen, if they're that good, nobody can block them. First of all, second of all. You have four spots to fill, mm-hmm. so you're going to have to go out and get a Stephen Matz esque. Sure, it's going like to have, have to fill out your rotation. I agree. You, you're looking at next year. You and I are you. You and I are in agreement there. I'm looking to find an ace. I'm looking to find an ace. You got to buy. I'm looking it, to find, or or I develop, develop or I develop it. that that guy. But you won't be able to do it by next year. No, you're, that you're was right. my question. Yeah. But he you're not going to get cleared that up. Yeah, you're not going to get an. My my point is, you're not going to get an ace for 2024, no matter what, gotcha. unless, I mean, you, you you sign Aaron Nola or whoever's the top yeah. guy next. But that's a risk in and of itself. So for I'm sure. just throwing a different perspective out there. No, I hate it, but I <laughs> I, I understand exactly what you're trying to do, Anthony. And you're not wrong. Look, and Jamie, your your point of having one starter right now to to think that we know what Stephen Matz is going to be for the rest of this year and the next two years, I, I think it's a fool's errand. Like mm-hmm. he'll have to tell us what he's going to end up being. Besides Rich, but he uh, you can't count on that next year. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to sign multiple free agents to fill spots, and that's where the money comes in, right? So whether it's it's Nola, it's Giolito, it's Sonny Gray, it's uh, Blake Snell, who everybody, you know, recognizes his voice when he speaks. He's been it, outstanding. Uh, Luis Severino. Like, th- there are different guys that are that are going to be out there. You're going to have to fill some voids. You're going to have to get uncomfortable, and you're probably going to have to overspend for guys that are likely not worth it, right? But I, I don't see the, the, the idea of the ace to me. That guy... I feel like he's going to have to come from within the organization within the organization at some point. I we think have that to you're going to have to draft him and develop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Or Anthony, to your point, in, in all seriousness, and without with, with me, I'm not trading Goldie. Sure, but if if it's a flipping of another in another deal, whether it's if somebody is really high on Monty at the trade deadline, you're out of it. I'm looking for a high end, high upside pitcher that's in the lower minor leagues. Right. Like that, that's a type of piece that I would want back in return mm-hmm. if I'm looking towards the future. One of the things that I think is overlooked about the Cubs turnaround, everybody talked about they tanked, they tanked. Yeah, they did. But the first thing Theo actually did was look at the assets he still had on his roster and acquired pieces that were going to help him in the future. None bigger than Anthony Rizzo. That was not he was not drafted. He was playing for San Diego, a really team friendly deal that he signed with the Padres, and Theo gave up assets to get Anthony Rizzo. He also traded Jeff Samarja at one point. Young guy, wasn't gonna help him much over the next, you know. He wasn't even that young, I don't think, because he played at Notre Dame and yeah, he played you know, all was like twenty eight, twenty nine or something like that. So that was somebody that he used. He looked at the roster, who's not gonna be able to help me moving forward? But who also has trade value? And then, of course, then then came guys like Chris Bryant and guys that he was draft that he drafted. But I thought that was a really important 
piece of the the rebuild for the Cubs and Theo Epstein. All right, we have your we have your chance right now to win a four pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Astros. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Mark Witten bobblehead. Here is your trivia question for today. Mark Witten started his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. There was one team that he that he had two different stints with. Who did he have two different stints with? If you text in 314-399-9646 to the Air Comfort Service, uh, the Air Comfort Service text line, you can win the Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals versus Astros. Again, which team did Mark Witten have two different stints with throughout his career? You get all the details on this season's Budweiser Bash of games for the Cardinals now at cardinals.com slash promotions. With Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We have one more segment with bt we didn't get into the the tommy edmund conversation we'll talk about the kind of the roster construction with tommy edmund as your primary center fielder next on one one espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn center and then dives and comes up with a great catch well the Cardinals have been looking for a spark defensively in their outfield they've gotten three great plays one in left one in center and one in right in the first two innings in the air center Robles is a terrific defender still going still going off his glove there's a break he tumbles to the warning track Warner's going to wave around the runner here comes the throw instead it's not going to be made Thank you very much. Robles ran from pillar to post, slammed into the wall, and he's down on two knees on the grass in center, and the Cardinals have a run. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. That's the voice of Chip Carey there, voice of the uh, the Cardinals on Bally Sports Midwest. And Anthony teased this before the break was uh, Tommy Edmond and the recent development of him in center field. And Anthony, I think what you were Getting to for this one is with him playing so well out there and playing other positions so well, does he possibly make other players expendable? Yeah, or does it open up possibilities for you moving forward when it comes to the trade deadline that we that we were just talking? Maybe, maybe they're they're somewhat back in it, or they can they have Brad, they have the Reds or whoever's in first place at the time, almost in in uh, eyesight, and you you're a mix of buying and selling. Paul DeYoung solidifying things for you at, at shortstop. I know it's been more of a roller coaster of late, but with him being, you know, he's given you that that everyday shortstop. Moving Tommy, that allowed you to move Tommy Edmond to center to see what you have there. I think the roster kind of expands in that way, BT. No, I, I would agree with that. And honestly, just eyeball test as we've watched this year, where does Tommy rank as you've watched all of the center fielders the Cardinals have rolled out this year, in, in your opinion? Well, right now they're telling me he's first. Because he's playing over two other guys who their natural position, or that at least we think play there more, yeah. like Dylan Newt and, Newt. and Dylan yep. and Tyler O'Neill, like he had the little experiment there. But we actually talked about this yesterday, of how Tommy Edmond is now viewed as the number one center fielder, so much so that not that it puts a guy like Dylan Carlson at risk. I mean that's heavy wording, but if you're looking to get something big for a young player who's still got a lot of runway ahead of him. You know, Tommy Edmund has kind of taken that center fielder away from him. 
I think it's fair. I, I think that Tommy Edmond has played as your best center fielder, and he'll continue to get better and better out there. Mm-hmm. And with with the young, or per our conversation earlier, if, if they want to give a, a look at Mason Wynn, like I think that you can do that. Tommy Edmond's natural position, or, or at least best natural position in the infield, is not shortstop. It's definitely second base. He doesn't have the arm for shortstop. Really doesn't have the arm for center field, but he goes and tracks down a lot of things. He's quick with his release, hits his cutoff man, and lets them do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that with Gorman. Dave. Get that oh. ball to Gorman. Gorman, holy crap. I thought you were going to say David, David Eckstein. David oh, Eckstein, oh. For, I mean, quick great release, point. not, not a great matter. arm. Get rid of it, right? Yep. And David Eckstein got rid of it as quickly as anybody that you've seen out there. But, um, no, I, I think it does provide you some options out there in the outfield. You already had a log jam of outfielders, and now you have some infielders playing out there. We'll see Donovan out there sometimes as well, right? Mm-hmm. Probably not as much now that D.C. and Neuter back. Um, so I guess the question moving forward is, first, do you expect Tommy Edmond for the bulk of the rest of the season to play center field. Yes, I do. I do too. I think he's your center fielder moving forward, and that, yeah. that again, gets back to the conversation of if DeYoung starts to struggle again, it's not Edmund that's coming in. Maybe it's Mason Wynn. Do you feel like Cardinals think that, though? I think that there are some around the organization that would love to see it, or at least the opportunity, if DeYoung struggles. And nobody wants to see him struggle, but if they did. And I think that there are others in the organization that would be more inclined to put Tommy Edmond back there mm. and mix and match with the same pieces that you have, I feel like. So I, I think it's probably split. Um, but either way, I think that having Tommy, having the ability that he does to play all over the yard is really important. Could you guys, when we're, we're kicking around, I know that you guys have been doing this for weeks, thinking about the trade deadline and looking at it. Have you guys had conversations with Tommy Edmond involved in any of those as he would go somewhere else? No. No. In fact, yeah. I threw out the idea of a contract extension for him. I know he's still got two years of arbitration ahead of him, but I, I looked at a five-year deal and somewhere in the 40 to $45 million. And To just give some certainty. his arbitration, mm-hmm. yeah. get some certainty. I know one thing's for sure. He can play at least three positions in four you put him anywhere in the outfield, pretty much. Yeah. Now he's solidifying himself as a really good center fielder. He can play the middle infield. I just feel like he's a guy that I'm not uh, getting rid of. For me, he's off the board. Yeah, I was trying to think about what Colton Wong's contract was that he had with the Cardinals. It wasn't that much money. I don't think. I think he was in the 20s. Like, yeah, I think it was like five, was it six four or, or five like years or yeah, 25. Yeah, but I look at Tommy Edmond being more valuable. Wait, I know with the positional ver- uh, versatility, I think you're absolutely right. We did uh, have that sure. uh, that conversation of if you had to trade between who was it Newt Edmund and Carlson, DC. which one would you would you do? And we all said that Carlson, Tommy, yeah, well, yes, Carlson. but Tommy Edmund for sure was just off the list. It was five years, twenty five and a half. Okay, for Colton. Yeah, so a little bit more certainty there, and the market has changed a lot since 2016, right? Yeah. For for a player like that, and he wasn't, esta- the and he wasn't I established either. I wouldn't rush to do it right now because I don't think that he's ever going to put up those type of offensive numbers that are going to make you rush to do it. Because if you look at Tommy Edmonds' career, I think it's fair to say he's a, he's a league average offensive player. Mm-hmm. He's got speed. Uh, he he. I think that he could be better at getting on base than he is, but his on-base numbers are, are right around average, maybe a little bit below average. Uh, so I don't think that you have to rush to give him a deal. But my my concept, and I think this is the larger point, of winning baseball in the next couple of years, I have Tommy Edmond on the team. Mm-hmm. And I have Brendan Donovan on the team too. Now, Donnie is a hard one for me because I don't know where he's playing every day. 
if you have all of these other pieces, if Gorman is your second baseman, and let's call it the young slash win, we're talking about this year, next year, is is your shortstop. You know what your corner infielders are unless Anthony gets his hand on the roster. Well, so you know what that looks like. I mean, if you want to free up a spot, I... I illustrated that last segment. You kind of know who your DH is for the rest of the year this year in large part. That's going to be Jordan Walker uh, for for the most part. Um, and you'll see pieces come in and out. You'll see him play the outfield a couple of times a week again, I think. you know. Um, so where does Donovan fit in? And I, I think it's a great glass. idea. I'm buying him a whole bag of gloves. And uh, it's wherever I need him it's on like, that guess given what? day. You're playing pretty much every day. Yep. Yep. You have different guys off days, mm-hmm. but you're going to be in there. You're going to play yep. left, right? You so, play first. You play the outfield. You play second. You play short. And if you if you have a game where Brendan Donovan is on the bench, how good is your team on the field? Like it's gotta be, you got to feel pretty good about what you're rolling out there if you have a guy like Donovan on the bench. We talked yep. about the bench yesterday. I think the bench is something that the Cardinals really do need to focus on at the trade deadline, again, barring the fact that you're, you're in it mm-hmm. nine games back right now. Uh, but I, I feel like that kind of that kind of player and that kind of versatility and the kind of grit that he brings. Like he and Tommy Edmond are very they're very similar in that they have different like personalities. Like Tommy Edmond and and Donnie are a little bit different on, on that front. But they're freaking gamers. Like I would like I want to build around guys like that. Yeah. Now that being said, if you have a deal that is out there on the table, and maybe Anthony, maybe it's one of those, uh, it's a high-end pitching prospect that could have front-end potential. We won't say ace, just could have front-end potential, and the deal is hanging up on Donovan or Edmund. Are you going to not make the deal because of one of those two players, or do you think that those two could potentially interchange a little? Are we bit? talking about? one of the top prospects in whatever organization were yes. top pitching prospects and and let's just say like one of the top 50 prospects in all yeah, of let, baseball. Yeah, let, let's lay it there. So and to throw out a name along alongside this, a Matthew Libertor prospect mm-hmm. type. Now maybe that doesn't help people as much, I but wish remember you when you got him, that he was top 30, I think. Yeah. yeah. You're doing really good, but I would say yes. I'm making the deal. For just, just, either one of those guys? I would. I which guess, one would you pick uh, out of the two? Like, if you. And you're, by the way, I don't think either one of those guys on their own, just because of offensively yeah. what they are. I don't, I don't think that they're going to garner you like a front end, top one top fifty prospect. I was looking right. at it as part of a package. Correct. Right. Yeah. And somebody says we want Edmund or Donovan in um, this package. You, what if somebody said that and you say, okay, you pick which you one? You pick which one. That's yeah. exactly what I was going going with. That's why I wanted to ask it well, first. Who so would you pick? I would. I would absolutely say what Brett. You pick. No, Your I'm choice. asking you, Anthony Stoltz. You would oh, give it oh, somebody from, else's choice? It is a Stolter's choice it if really you think is. about it. Damn it. I wouldn't give the other so team the choice. No. If if I was if I was the team that was acquiring one of those guys. Yeah, who are you picking? Tommy Edmund. You're picking him to, to Oh, you're picking I'm acquiring Edmund to bring. Tommy okay, I thought you were the Cardinals for a second. No. no. You're supposed to be the general manager of the Cardinals. Well, I am. That's why I'm trading Goldie to Houston and getting some pitching. Who would you? Uh, and I'm keeping both Donovan and Edmund. It's a game You're welcome. to play. I I would keep Edmund if I'm the other team. That's the one I'm looking for first and foremost out of the two. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really I, don't know. They're very there's, similar in a lot of ways. But there's, there's Brandon Donovan simple. can't play center field for you. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. And I but don't. Does know. he get on base more than Tommy? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so right. This year, for sure, does get on base more than Tommy. Uh, and he's down from where he was last year even. He's a better offensive player. 
And he's good against lefties, too. So the, the switch hitting ability of Tommy Edmond is great to have, but Donovan gives you solid at-bats against everybody. Mm-hmm. Brad. I have to pick. You have to pick. It's just a game. It's, it's part of the game. Oh, it's just a game? It's just a game. Yeah. Nobody gets hurt? No. No. No, no feelings? No. Oh, nobody's God, even no. listening yeah, right They're now. in London. Yeah. Oh, they are. The microphones <laughs> and, are off. And they left you here, Brad. Yeah. And one of those guys was the deciding vote. (laughs) They were? Is he over there? They left it up to the Stanford guy then. There's a good chance. (laughs) Keeping Donovan. Wow. How could you do that? I know. (laughs) That's how I feel. Tommy Edmonds, your boy's favorite player. He'll be shattered again. That's That's a great point. He was like devastated when Bader got traded. Oh, poor (laughs) Dylan. So he's definitely getting traded. Dylan, we're sorry, man. We had no idea what's going on. Jamie and I protected (laughs) it. Let's get back to the beginning part where I said, I can't picture a team of the Cardinals that Mm. wins that doesn't have those two guys on it. Mm. Mm. Now, picturing a team of the Cardinals that wins. As pitching. Been, well, it's been tough. <laughs> Tougher. <laughs> but as of late, it's been better. Yes. Sean, congratulations. Sean won the four-pack of tickets, the last four-pack of tickets that we uh, were giving away this week. He had the correct answer to our trivia question, which was the only team that Mark Witten, because it's going to be the Mark Witten bobblehead night on Tuesday Hard night. Hard-hitting Mark Witten. Hard-hitting mm-hmm. Mark Witten. He played for one team twice in his career. You guys know this? Yes. Jamie? Who's this? Mark Witten. Yeah, what about him? <laughs> which which team did he play for twice? Two different stints. I already know this. It's a Jamie Rivers type of situation. Yeah, thank you, Anthony. You're welcome. Yeah, I knew this, though. Like, I saw the answer. Correct answer is? The Cleveland Cle- Clevelanders. Yep, that's right. The that Cleveland was Clevelanders. a layup. There yeah. you go. Yeah, second uh, second team that he played, he played for at the last the team. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. They existed, those Cleveland Indians. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. BT. Have a great weekend. Even though you won't be in London, have a great weekend, man. Uh, you guys too. It's fun great coming in, you. hanging out. Good to have you, went buddy. By fast, it's been isn't too it? long. Went, went by fast. That I mean, first hour. The next three hours, they're just gonna be like boom, boom, boom. You're hanging out, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. At home. Is this the time you have to go to the bathroom now and I take really all your stuff? Pee. Yeah. And uh, and something else. So this is like when the bill comes. It totally guys, is. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> right back. I'll be right back. Yeah. Remember, I remember that one time I went did that over the weekend. Did you? I had to take a phone call. I come back, the bar's closed. <laughs> <laughs> Who hooked you up? Was Chip? Chip help you out? <laughs> Poor Chip. I text him. I go, dude, my bad. He goes, same stuff. <laughs> Brad Thompson, I think, is the hottest girl. Of- I was on the morning. The is that morning on the show. walk? Yeah. The hot yeah. girl walk. The the hot, girl yeah. The walk. What's the hot girl walk? It's a bunch of guys walking generally, but with purpose. Nice. <laughs> okay. Swagger. Nice long stride. Mm. Yeah. Sass. Yes. BT. What? Good seeing you, man. You too. You guys have a great weekend. You too. You too. Buddy. That's Brad Thompson. That's our guy. You can see him when the Cardinals do return from London back on Bally Sports Midwest. Should the Blues jump into free agency and uh should the Blues jump in the free agency flames? Is this a is this a double meaning? Oh, maybe like a double entendre. Wow. That's next on one on one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three oh two. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Blues 
are a team that we think could make some moves. Mm. Depending on the cap space situation, I mean, we, they're kind of, we don't really know. They're, they're, they're a bit of a, a mystery. But when it comes to a potential trade partner, Jamie, how much sense do the Calgary Flames make? Because it seems like they're they're ready to bail. Yeah, oddly enough, with the uh, their name, the Calgary Flames, people are running out of that building like it's on fire right yeah, now. Seems like um, I don't really get it because Brad Treliving stepped down and Daryl Sutter was the head coach, and believe you me, there, I don't think there was one person that was sad when Daryl Sutter got relieved of his duties. Reading an article in The Athletic, players on record, staff on record, talking about uh, how it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But they got a new head coach. And so you think usually that's like, okay, they breathe a little bit more energy back into the room. Some positivity, some optimism. Craig Conroy, he's got a tremendous amount of optimism. Old Turbo is what I gave him the nickname when he played here for the Blues. Energy to burn, that guy. So it's surprising to me that so many guys are, are, are vocal or their agents are vocal about wanting to leave Calgary. Yeah. So if we're going to do that, um, Marshy, I know that this sparked your interest, so why don't we play the game this way? Mm. Why don't you ask me about a couple of players, I'll give you my opinion on those players, and then I have a couple to add to the list that I think the Blues should really go after. Perfect. So let's start with Noah Hannafin, who we've already somewhat talked about a few days ago. Let's start with him, the left-handed defenseman that says he is not interested in re-signing with the Flames when his contract expires. Yeah, so here's my deal with with, with Noah Hannafin. Yes, I would certainly like him on my team. You're probably not going to be able to keep him, though. He's only $4.9 million coming up next year. Then he's completely unrestricted after that. And he's had himself a pretty good run here to where he's a top-two defenseman um, almost any team in the league, which means he's going to get a bump to somewhere in the six point five to seven million dollar range. That's going to put you uh, out of touch with the salary cap at that point, and you still have your defensive core that's sitting there right now, where you have four guys with no trade clauses and three guys making what six point five million each, respectively. I don't. I, I, it puts you back in that situation we talked about, Anthony. A year yeah. from now, you're redoing this again. Right. And if the price tag is going to be six plus million, you don't want to be now. You don't want to be competing with other teams. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, oh, you give him a contract extension, he's not going to take it. He's going to cash in. He's 26 years old. He'll be 27 when this contract's over. That's the time as a defenseman in the NHL. This is your eight times eight. This is your eight times seven. That's what the money you're looking for if you're Noah Hannafin. So, I, I I like the player. I don't think he's a fit. Who else did you have in mind? All right, I have another player in mind before we get to the big fish that I want to bring Ooh, up. But uh, Michael Backlund, he is also a free agent after this season. And if I'm not mistaken, last season he had 56 points, 19 goals, almost a 20-goal score, and played all 82 games in the regular season. Yeah, again, uh, a really good player. Uh, center position is something that you would certainly covet if you're the Blues. You're looking at that going, hey, I like that very much. I don't like his age. 34 years old, he does not fit the category of what Doug Armstrong is targeting. And he's on an expiring contract. So he'll be 35 by the time this thing is done. Are you retaining him after that? Probably not. So it goes back to... We're right back where we started, 
trying to find free agents again. A year later, we spent a bunch of money uh, on a guy that's uh, maybe blocking development for a player or just he's a placeholder for whoever's coming next. Mm-hmm. So I like the player. I don't like the age or the contract. Here's a younger player also going to be a free agent, and this is Elias Lindholm. What do you think about him? Yeah, so he was one of the ones I was going to bring up. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, on the tw- same page here. Andy. At 28 nice. years old, center Iceman, a tremendous player for the Calgary Flames. They thought it was a done deal that he was going to uh, re-up, sign the extension, stay in Calgary. He has since then said, eh, pump the brakes. I don't know if I'm sure about staying here in Calgary. He makes $4.8 million, so he's going to get paid a little bit more. But he's 31. Or sorry, yeah, 28. My bad. He's 28 years old. You're looking at that deal if you're the Blues going, what does a contract extension look like? He's at the, the high end of that bracket of players that I'm looking for. We talked about 25 to 28 years old. So he's definitely at the high end of it. But he's also a guy that you go get him. He's competing. Well, he'll be your number two center probably. And it bumps Braden Shen down to a number three center, which is fine. Shenner can move up and down your lineup. Yeah. So I, I do like Elias Lindholm. You'll have some salary cap implications coming up the following year. How much can you spend to keep him? Um, but it's an interesting name that I certainly would be giving them a call and finding out, you know, what what would spark their interest if we we're trying, you know, do a dance here with this. And the last name here is one that has been creating some buzz on the internet, and he has a cap hit of $4.25 million, and he is also going to be a free agent. It's Tyler Toffoli, who has a few rings himself. Yeah. Well, he can go get them somewhere else. I am not interested Whoa. at all. Not even one bit. He's 31 years old. He's going to have an expiring contract. What would be the point? He's a right winger, so he's going to block somebody at that point. You've got Booch, you've got Cairo. I know Booch is playing center ice too, but you've got Kapanen, you've got Verona, you've got a bunch of wingers in your organization. You don't need a 31-year-old roadblock that's going to cost you $4.25 million. You just yeah. don't. I like the player. He had 34 goals last year, but this is this doesn't fit the, the, the blueprint that Army's talking about. I got a guy, though, here that I'm going to throw at you that I think immediately improves your hockey club. And he's part of the Calgary Flames right now. And he's 28 years old, so he's at the top end of that window, but at a premium position. Nikita Zadorov. I look at Zadorov, who has one year left at $3.7 million. He's a left-handed shot defenseman. He's an absolute mutant. He is massive. He's 6'6", 245. He plays tough. He plays hard. Guys hate to play against him. The front of the net is never anywhere anybody wants to go against him. And he's coming off a year with 21 points, which is uncharacteristic. You saw 21 points. He had 22 points the year before, 21 points last year. He had 14 goals last year. So he found out how to use that bomb for a slap shot that he's got. He put some goals in. Most physical player probably on that entire decor. He would come here, and if you put him with Colton Pareko, think about that. 6'6", six, six respectively. You got Colton Pareko who skates and moves and can read the play as well as anybody in the NHL, and you got Zadorov who just as soon put you through the friggin' boards as anything else. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Now you'd have to move on from one of the contracts that you have, and again, that's the roadblock here is I don't know how you find that roster spot. 
And this is a guy I would resign. I would extend. Nikita Zadorov, I thought he was going to get more than 3.7 when he got it in Calgary. At 3.7, if he comes in and plays the way he can and you show him a little bit of love, I think you can get another two, three-year deal out of him at very reasonable money. I would do that all day, every day. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. It's the Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. We're going to have our guy Matt Holiday next. He typically stops by, chats with us on Fridays. Uh, Matt is available. We're going to chat with him next. We'll talk to him about the Cardinals' upcoming London trip uh, against the Cubs and all things baseball. Next with Matt Holiday, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now batting for the Fast Lane, Cardinals Hall of Famer and fifth member, Matt Holiday. We're hanging with Holiday on 101 ESPN. Powered by Air Alliance Team Heating and Cooling. Getting the job done quickly, correctly, 100% of the time. Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our celebrity line. We have the Cardinals Hall of Famer, Matt Holiday. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How we doing? Well, we're doing good. Jamie and I are doing really good. Brad Thompson is ticked, though. Uh, Brad, Brad was hoping to talk to you today. Yeah. He, he realized that you weren't going to be on that first hour of the show. And one of the questions he had was, in what ways do you dislike Brad? Uh, well, I where to start. Um <laughs> You know, is he in? Is he in London? I mean, where, where is he? No, he's not he, in London. They left him here. Okay, so he's here, and he couldn't do the whole show. Like he couldn't come on for more than an hour. That, like, yeah, what? that's correct. It's a great question. Yeah, it's a good question, though. It's mm-hmm. a great question. Yeah. So he's doing absolutely nothing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, his former show buddies is like teammates, and he drops in for an hour and thinks that that's somehow uh, my fault. That. We're not on together? Yeah, he's hmm. he's got issues, I think. When you word it like that, Matt, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Well, it's fine. We'll just spread it out. You know, we, we don't want to, you know, we'll just spread us out a little bit over the over the show so you guys have somebody to talk to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Hey, during your, yeah. during your career, did you have any international, was the international uh, games in play when uh, you were playing? I don't know. I don't think so. I never was part of anything like that. Um, I got to play uh, a couple of USA deals overseas, so I, I was able to play out of the country a little bit. Um, but I never, I never played uh, any major league situations uh, overseas. So uh, it's it's interesting. I, I, I'm not. It's it's definitely a huge travel right in the middle of the season. So I'll be interested to see how uh you know some of the guys candidly feel about it in about a week when they get back and have to kind of get back into the swing of things here yeah that's where i was going to go is what do you think the players are dealing with coupled with the the flight getting there and just adjusting to everything overall well i'm I'm sure that you know there's obviously time adjustment you're trying to adjust to the time as quickly as you can but then you're going to have to adjust right back in four days so it's, a, it's I'm sure they're they're trying to figure out how they're gonna, you know, sort of balance uh, the sleeping rest situation, the time of game. Uh, a lot of them took their families and have kids, so trying to, 
you know, finesse that situation is interesting. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's, to me, that that is kind of the big uh, question mark is, is do you try to convert to the time zone that, that you move to or do you just stick with what you're doing because you know in four or five days you have to go back to the United States and resume the schedule um, that you, you've been on. And I know that they've worked some off days in and around these travel days to try to make it easier on them, but uh, I'm sure it's a challenge. I mean, I, I, you know, our bodies – you know, I think it takes a little bit to, to, to feel like you're wide awake when typically you would be asleep. So um, it'll be interesting. Like I said, I, I'll be interested. I'm sure they'll say all the right things in, in a week or 10 days when they're back and, and back on, on the normal schedule. But uh, I'll be interested to hear how they really, you know, kind of candidly feel about how this experience goes. How do you think a guy like Ollie Marmel and the rest of the staff handle the fact that these are two really big games. They're not just mm-hmm. a couple of spring training, you know, showcase games for the people in London. You need these two wins. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that that's, to me, that's that's one of the, the, the things that I, I'm not crazy about. Uh, you know, obviously I love love the, the idea of growing the game internationally and, and, you know, I would be all about it in spring training. But uh, to fly over there and, and to do all this and, and to have two very important games – um, to me is, is, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I, I guess in my mind, but you know, I'm, I'm not in charge. So, um, I, I think you, you, you just try to make sure that everybody knows, Hey, these, this isn't, this isn't a vacation and we'll, you know, yeah, you try to have a little fun and, and see some things and I'm sure, uh, they're getting a chance to, to do and see some cool stuff. But, uh, I think, you know, having the concentration and the professionalism to make sure that, Hey, we're all, you know, realizing that these two games are are very much important, and we need to go out and play and play well and uh, get used to the field. I think I, I saw them out there earlier, you know, taking some infield and making sure that they're used to the to the the playing surface. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it plays like it did last time. I guess where there was home runs everywhere. So um, it, it's uh, like I said, I, I think it's it's interesting for fans, but. I know as players it, it might be a bit of a uh, a bit of a hassle. Cardinals Hall of Famer Matt Holiday joining us right now in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, also a World Series champ. And speaking of that, Matt, if you were in this clubhouse right now with this Cardinals team that is struggling, but the division isn't good, you are part of that 2011 team that that roared back when it when you guys looked like you were dead in the water. What would you be saying to some of the guys in the clubhouse right now as a leader, knowing that you played in in eleven? And yeah. having having things go the way it did, yeah. I mean, I think there's plenty of examples, you know, to, to point to not only in, in baseball and in the Cardinals, but you know, in sports in general. I mean, even reverting is just a few years ago, right, when the Blues were uh, kind of left for dead and and uh, ended up coming back. Um, so there's there's tons of examples of of, uh, of persevering and, and fighting fighting through uh, difficult parts of the season. Uh, you know, teams that look like maybe they're they have no chance and, and heading towards the trade deadline might be uh, figuring out whether they, they were going to sell off or, or go for it. Um, so I, I think there's, like I said, there's, there's plenty of, of uh, things to point to, but yeah, the 2011 is, is gotta be, you know, at the top of the list for Wayno and, and uh, you know, some of the staff and, and people that have been around, uh, you know, since then uh, to say, look guys, you know, we were very much in a situation uh, somewhat similar to this, that, that ended up in, in, in the high of highs of, of winning in the World Series. So uh, I think that there's enough guys in there that, that can can make sure that that message is being heard. 
um, that, that, you know, like I said, they're not even to the all-star break yet. And, and if they can start playing well, uh, the, the division is not, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And, and uh, you have ch- plenty of chances uh, coming up to, to make some hay in, in the division and, and, uh, and see what happens. Matt, one of the uh, the best hitters in all of baseball at the start of the season was Nolan Gorman. Uh, I mean, he was just as dangerous as can be. Not so much here recently for him. Is there anything that you've noticed that maybe he's doing differently in the recent stretch of games that has got him maybe out of whack a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anything super specific. I, I think that this is this is one of those deals where the league adjusts and then, you know, you have to adjust back and, and then there's, there's going to be pitch patterns that, that, you know, they have all this data now that, that they can go to where he's, he's not hitting this pitch or maybe he's covering this pitch now and he's not covering this. And, and so there's all these adjustments that happen. Uh, first of all, hitting is really hard and, and hitting a baseball and, um, you know, is, is very difficult, particularly nowadays where you, you only get maybe two at bats off of, of, of you know the starter and then you're facing two relievers and and so um i think it's a combination of a few things um jamie that 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 probably uh is is him looking to adjust back to how the league is adjusted to him and and uh i, I think he'll be fine i mean he, you know he's still you know 20 22 23 years old um still uh you know kind of finding his his form he's made a big jump this year and covering some pitches that he was having a hard time with last year but uh, it's a it's a challenge, and, and uh, I, I think he's he's up for the task. But uh, there's going to be little little dips, uh, you know, and and uh, some bigger than others. But uh, with his talent and his his uh, you know his power, uh, he's still very dangerous. Matt, building off of the question that Jamie just asked you about Gorman, on the flip side of that, Jordan Walker since coming back up, he's he's been on a tear for the Cardinals. From the games that you've been able to see, I know you travel a lot, and, and of course you're, you're always uh, checking in with the family and things, but from the games that you've been able to see, what's been different about Jordan Walker's approach or swing compared to when he first came up? Yeah, not a lot. I, I, I don't know about what he's thinking, you know, from the mental side. You know, but I, I think mechanically and, and visually, it looks very similar. I think it goes back to a lot of what we talked about before. I think, um, you know, when, when it comes to picking, your, picking the right pitch, um, you know, as the season goes on, you see more pitches, you're more comfortable in the box. Um, you're, you're kind of in that zone. It's warmer. Uh, your work, uh, your, your routine is, is, is more established. Um, I don't, I don't see a big change in his mechanics. And I, I think when you talk about, uh, hitters, uh, you know, they're going to be very subtle and, and little things. I mean, you know, he's been swinging like that his whole life and, and granted it hasn't been that long of a life, but um it's uh it's one of those things where his natural swing might be um you know kind of more geared towards a line drive approach which is fine and and i think you as you get older uh you learn to, the the pitches that you can hit in the air and and the balls that um i saw you know the ball he hit to right right field right center for a home run like i think there's more of those in there um that that i think he's going to tap into um i don't know that this guy's ever going to be you know sort of this pull 25 homers to the pool side kind of guy, which is, which is okay. It's, it's good. You know, I think he's going to have to use the whole field his whole career. And um, he's, he's built for that kind of uh, production to use the whole field. And, and I, I just think, uh, Anthony, I think he's, he's just, you know, he's confident and, mm-hmm. and uh, he's swinging the right pitches. 
He's your DH right now as a young guy. And I just want to follow up with Jordan Walker and kind of flip it to the defensive side. Mm-hmm. We know he was drafted as a first baseman, and he's been in the outfield for obvious reasons. you got a pretty big roadblock at first base for him and Paul Goldschmidt. But what are some of the things that a young man or a young baseball player would struggle with in the outfield as far as the biggest challenges getting used to? Yeah, I mean, I think for him it's probably just reps. It's just number of reps and and – uh, having never really played out there. And, and uh, I think it's just one of those things, particularly if he's going to be DH and, uh, you know, for, for for the most part in the next, you know, whatever, couple months, I think it's a good chance for him, uh, knowing that he's just going to be DH and to, to get a lot of extra work in. And, and whether it's taking live reads off batting practice or, or you know, getting out there with Willie and, and some of the outfield coaches um, and just getting comfortable with, with angles, um, with reads, with swings, um, you know, if he's going to play left field, reading the ball off the left-hander's bat where it slices away from you, um, or, you know, just, just learning how to, to, to use, um, you know, his athletic ability uh, and, and, and to become, he's, he's athletic enough, he's got a strong enough arm to become uh, at least an average to an above-average uh, outfielder in my mind. And I think that that comes with just comfort level and, and reps and, um, you know, for, if it was me, I'd, I'd be really pushing hard right now with early reps and uh, taking my shagging very serious during batting practice, knowing uh, that I, I'm going to be off my feet for most of the game, uh, just DHing. So, um, it, it, to me, this could be a really great time for, for outfield development and defensive development uh, if they are going to use him as the primary D, DH for a while here. Matt, great stuff as always. Have yourself a great weekend, and we'll circle back with you next week. Sounds good. Good talking to you guys. You too, as always. Thanks. All right. See you guys. That's Matt Holiday, Cardinals Hall of Famer here on 101 ESPN. A lot of the stuff, whether it's Gorman, who you had brought up, Jamie, and Gorman's been in a, a funk here, or Jordan Walker, who has been on a hot streak of late. Matt kind of had the same advice for both kids. It's like, swing at good pitches. Make sure you don't get too uh, out of out of rhythm. Make sure you're still doing what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Basically, don't change, don't change too much. Go back to a lot of the fundamentals. This and is why it's what hitting's about. Yes, sorry to interrupt, but this is why having guys like Matt Holiday in particular, you know, maybe Jimmy Ball game, like this is why it's so important to have these guys around. Mm-hmm. I've said this to you guys before. If I could go back right now, if you could take me and put it into a 26 year old body, okay, that's right, Anthony, right in there, and put me back in the NHL. I would be a way better player than I ever was because of the knowledge that I have, you know, accrued over the years and then coaching it and teaching it and the reps. And you go back now and you're like, I know how to handle this. If I would have known, if I would have known. Yeah. So that's why I always feel like these, these older guys or these veteran alumni players, whatever, they're so impactful to have around and to help these young guys through situations because they've been there, done that. Yeah. They've either failed or succeeded in those positions, and they have the opportunity to just pass that knowledge on. So it's awesome to hear him talk about the hitting side and then the fielding side because Matt being an outfielder, he knows. Like there, there's, there's a lot of different things that happen out there. There's a spin on the ball, the wind, off the bat a certain way, and all of a sudden you go from – feeling comfortable to feeling like, Paul, please don't hit it to me anymore. Mm. So anyways, I always find that really cool to hear them talk about that stuff. That's Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter, and Andrew Marsh is what's trending next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Back to the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Mars. Jamie, stop pointing at me. Uh, You're going to pick me out of that one? Anthony's like dry humping the air in here? Hey, that was a dance move. all the time. Yeah, but dance move. You had a little extra chutzpah in it there today. It's a Friday. I'm used to Anthony pointing fingers at people. (laughs) I'm disappointed that you would point the finger. LowTUSA.com, guys. Trust me. Uh, guys, it is official. I think we all saw this coming, but Victor Wimbanyama is finally a San Antonio Spur. Do you believe that he will live up to the hype that everyone has brought upon him? So here's where I am with old Wemby here is um, I just don't know if he's big enough, like he's tall enough. You don't think he's thick enough? Yeah. And I mean, if I'm going to have one of my power forwards, I want him to be thick. Big and thick, down low in the paint, getting nasty. Like, you know, I, when I think of other guys around the NBA that you're going to have him up against, like, I just don't know how he's not going to get throttled. Like, look at even like a Zion Williamson. He's not a very, he's obviously a hot topic here recently. That's a big dude. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's a big dude. Djokovic, it's a big dude. Like, you got some guys with some size down there. And this kid is, he's very tall. He's very talented, all these things. But he he's going to get knocked around down there. I just don't know. Let me ask you this. How long do you think it's going to take him to be an impactful player? Like in, in something meaningful? Because I, I worry about him initially down there with all the big boys. Uh, I guess he's, my, my answer to that would be he's got, he's got more of a chance in today's NBA than he, he did totally before. Agree. So as long as he's got a shot, and I mean, what do we always say about defense? It's about intensity, and it's about want to. As long as he has those two things, and we'll find out, he should be he should be okay. If he's technically sound, that would help too. But if he's got a shot, I think that's I think that's the key. I, I, he's he went to a great spot. I mean, we saw oh. this before. We've seen this He's before. He's got one of the great this teachers is, of all yeah, time. Yes. This has happened twice already. Right. I mean, you got Tim Duncan in 98, I believe that I think, was. Yeah, Tim Duncan. 98. 98, 97, 97, 98. 97, 98. 98. He, winds, he winds up going to San Antonio because David Robinson had a bad back injury the year before, and the, Spur, the Spurs had an awful year. They had the lottery pick. They wind up with Tim Duncan. The rest is history. But along the way, you got Tony Parker, an international player. You got... Uh, the oh, who's who's the uh, Ginobili? Ginobili, another oh, international player. Yeah, yeah. The Spurs, the Spurs have often had those guys that are they're international players that they tar- they they tend to target those guys. Popovich, you typically wants those guys. I think this is a great spot for him. And I hope he he turns around a a very proud organization that has been down for five six years now. Yeah, I look at. I want the kid to have massive success right away. The, it's been a while since I've seen one particular individual put up on a pedestal like this to be the automatic can't miss. And so when I look at him yesterday and I see him being interviewed, he's a great kid, by the way. 
yeah. very good head Great, on his shoulders, yeah. has the right men, like mentality. He was all choked up. He was emotional about it. He was is honored to be picked by the Spurs mm-hmm. and that they believe in him to be, you know, maybe a franchise changer. So all of that stuff has me pulling for him. I I just, you know, it's a new NBA and uh, he's a super talented player. I wish him nothing but the best. I think he does have the opportunity to put on muscle. You know, he'll be with well, a professional sure. organization. Sure. They'll know how to handle him. He's they're only 19 the, years old. so yeah. They'll get the sports nutrition guy, the For fitness sure. coach, on him immediately and get to work. Now, they're not going to try and change him drastically because you have to remember something. He's had all of this success right now built a certain way. You go and slap on 25 pounds on this guy, it might change the way he plays the game. It mm-hmm. might alter his release point with the ball. It might be a lot of things. I've seen it happen even to hockey players mm-hmm. to where they go and bulk up and they lose a bit of what they were before because they were so nimble or able and now they're big and bulky. Yeah. So I think they're going to do it very intelligently to add natural weight on this guy. The best thing to do would be to work on the legs. Mm-hmm. The legs are the most most real weight that you can put on. You keep that weight, and legs in the NBA certainly not going to hurt you when you strengthen those up, and you'll be able to keep that weight on. It won't change anything you're doing with your upper body. Guys, usually we get a text saying, stop talking about the Cardinals, talk about Mizzou. Well, how about Kobe Brown? He gets drafted in the first round to the Los Angeles Clippers. I think it's, I think it's great. It's great for, obviously, the kid. It's great for... Uh, the Mizzou program. It's great for recruiting. I, I think it's uh, it's all the way around. The Clippers, you know, he winds up being the last pick in the first round. Uh, I, I love it. And, you know, this is somebody who stayed. Stayed at Mizzou and wound up getting selected in the first round. I think it's fantastic. All the way around. I watched him graduate, boys. Did you? I watched him. We were at uh, Mizzou. My daughter graduated, same graduating class. And uh, he, wa- I, I saw him walk. Nice. Up there, and so I thought it was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, pretty big kid. Good for him. Seems like a very nice individual, so Mm -hmm. all the best. Guys, I want to read off this trade proposal that was on MLB Network from Bo Porter, and this involves Shohei Otani, so I thought Hmm. maybe Jamie would be interested in it since he wants the Cardinals to trade for him. You know I am. I'm going to read off this potential trade, this proposal, and I want to know if you, Jamie, believe that you want Shohei Otani after the fact. So this is what the Mets and the Angels trade proposal would look like. The Mets would receive Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon, Hunter Renfro, and Chris Davinsky. He is a right-handed pitcher. The Angels would acquire Ronnie Mauricio. He is the number four prospect for, uh, from the Mets. Brett Beatty. Is he a pitcher? He's a shortstop. Brett Beatty, third baseman. Third baseman, Eduardo Escobar. Outfielder, Starling Marte. Catcher, Kevin Parada, who's the number one prospect. A right-handed pitcher, Tyler McGill, who the Cardinals just saw the other day. A right-handed pitcher, Blake Tidwell, who's the number five prospect. And right-handed pitcher, Dominic Hamill, who's the number six prospect. So basically, you are trading the farm for Shohei Otani. Would you still do it? Plus... I wouldn't do it Two because I wouldn't do it because you're sending me Anthony Rendon. I don't want that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah. That guy that that's right. I would look at the angels and say, take that guy out of the deal. Find me a young prospect that you're going to send me to make up for some of these pitchers I'm sending you. Yeah. I don't want Rendon. 
That guy doesn't even want to play baseball. I mean, I'm serious. Why would you? Yeah, why would you take on the if you're if you're looking to you're looking to also resign Shohei Otani? Yeah. Why would you take on Rendon's contract? No, that'd be a hard pass on that for me. The rest of it, if I had more time, and maybe you'll do this over the weekend, is grab all those players you said and find a comparable in the Cardinals organization and see how much it stings. That's why I asked what the positions yeah. were. So the number one prospect, Marsh, is that a, a pitcher? Catcher. Or is that a catcher? The catcher was the number one prospect. The catcher, yes. Catcher's so you have that prospect. already in Herrera. Would you be willing to part with it? Probably, because you got Contreras for another four years after this year. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen. Damn not, it, Anthony. It's not going to happen. Your attitude sucks on Fridays. Jamie, I'm doing this for you. Okay? Don't, I can get I don't myself you, in enough trouble. I don't, I don't want you help. to get your hopes up and you're feeling great about life because you think that Shoei Otani is going to be a Cardinal. Well, he's not, Jamie. He's not. Angels are contending. Ish. No, they're not. They really aren't. They're contending. Ish. Now take Rendon out and throw Trout in. We got a deal. Yeah, I'm with Jamie on that. It's a fast lane. I want to all the time, anyways, right? We'll just take him off your hands for you. <laughs> to contract, uh, you would be willing to. What a spin zone that was. Yeah. <laughs> Is he wrong, Marsh? He was injured last year. Yeah. People he's were got concerned some about his that back. He's never going to get better. Mm. They're pretty good doctors here. Yeah, I would say so. Do any of these relievers make sense for the Cardinals? We'll throw out some that were uh, that uh, MLB.com listed. And for when it comes to the trade market, does it make sense for the Cardinals to add some bullpen help? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. MLB.com put together a list of relievers that could hit the trade deadline market or could be available this trade deadline. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew March and Anthony Stalter, Daniel Bard of the Rockies was on this list. Scott Barlow, Aroldis Chapman. They had Carl Edwards Jr. I can't believe he's still pitching. Jason Foley. I mean, he's, he's, he's been around a while. Maybe he's, he's, not, he's, maybe not, he's not that, that old, old, but I just feel like he's been in the league forever. He's on your 2016 Cubs team. Anthony, there's one guy I want. Aroldis Chapman? Nope. Um, Daniel Bard? Nope. Uh, And it's just what the Cardinals need. Jason Foley? Nope. Is he on this list? Yes. Carl Edwards Jr.? Nope. Um, How are you not missing... Scott Barlow? How are you missing the obvious choice for me? I mean, I'm looking at this, and I think I just read the... Oh, I didn't. Oh, hold on. You want... Joe Kelly. Yes, baby. I didn't go down for enough. You want some sandpaper? You, you want a guy anything. who's going to shake it up a little bit? He's yeah. going to wear a sombrero and maybe a Mexican jacket out on the field? Mm. He might pitch right at you and give you the sad face and dare you to come after him? Yeah. Honestly, I'm not joking. I'm in. I would love to have Joe Kelly. I'm in. I would love it. And he's, he's got under club control through 2024. Yes, fastball's averaging 99, by the way. This season. Is that good? Yep. Ranks him on the top 10 percentile in fastball velocity, chase rate, strikeout percentage, and curve spin, making the 35-year-old a strong candidate to be moved. Yeah, he's only two years with 17 million left. So that's eight and a half. Yes. Sign me up. What what would be the 
negative of bringing Joe Kelly in? Uh, bringing him in, nothing. Competing with others at the market who are actually going to be in contention probably, that would be the issue. Well, I don't like your answer. Okay, well, Jamie. I didn't. I don't like I, your answer. Can I ask you a You're question? You're right, but I don't like your answer. Can I ask you a question? No. Okay. Didn't you want to hear my actual answer on that? I mean, you just asked, you asked no, a question. No, I wanted you to say I was right and that we should do it, and that's all. Well, first and foremost, Jamie, I said yes, let's bring him in. Okay. There is no downside to bring him in. No. Bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that everybody, every other contender is going to be after him, too. You have yeah, to sweeten the pot. He knows what it's like to be a Cardinal. And knowing the track record of this team, Jamie, they're likely to give up a Sandy Alcantara, a Zach Gallen, a Randy Arozarena, an Aroldis, no, a Dallas Garcia. Aroldis <laughs> Chapman, Chapman on, the, on the head there. Okay, but all jokes aside, what do you think it would take to get Joe Kelly? And how much of an impact would he have? Because BT talked yesterday about you know that guy around the clubhouse, that guy that's kind of like, yeah, he's. Yeah. Now, I know he's not a bench player Mm-mm. to where he's going to be sitting there in the Alec Burleson role currently, Yeah, but he is in your bullpen. He is around your pitchers. You are going to have some youth coming in here, specifically next year, probably more youth than you thought you were going to have. What do you think you'd have to give up for Joe Kelly? Probably a pretty key prospect. Like what, though? Like I, um, I understand the word prospect, but I, I well, to me, okay. I identify let's better look, when I have a name. Sure. Let's look at... Who's like the top reliever that went last year? Hold on here. What about Tyler O'Neill? Okay. Do you think the White Sox would take that? Ah, uh, they got Luis Robert. They got Eloy Jimenez. Probably not. Okay, but that's what I'm thinking. Is a guy in that yeah. bracket where you're like you're getting a good player that we just don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. I like. I would like that. I, I like that line of thinking. I just don't know if the White Sox. I, I get from your standpoint. I don't know if the the White Sox would be interested. Because I'm not sending a prospect like of any value for Joe Kelly. As much as I like him, and as much I think he would help this team. Yeah. I'm not giving up my future for Joe Kelly, who's in the bullpen. Right. So, so we were talking about Tommy Edmond. Um, and I, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up Tommy Edmond, but an, shortstop no is a position that they might want to look at because of Tim Anderson, who's probably not going to be with the organization much too longer, I would assume. Mm-hmm. But I, Paul DeYoung, you got me. I'll do it. <laughs> it could be Paul DeYoung or 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 a Brendan Donovan. You move him to second base, and you move Elvis Andrews to shortstop. All right. So let's just how about this? Let, let's let's take a step back here. No. Let's talk. Let's talk about the idea of adding a reliever, though. You're only adding you're only adding a reliever, some especially somebody that's going to pitch in high leverage situations, which which would be Joe Kelly in this in this case. You God, only, I want him, Anthony. You're only doing you're only doing so if if you're in the if you're in the race. Are you? Yes. Why? You got him for another year. But I got but I got to give up a prospect. So what? You're going to have to give up something anyways for him. What if that prospect is, I don't know, I got to get you a name. That's my problem is when you just say prospect, Anthony, boy, I like your ideas. I do. But there's Mason Wynn, and then there's player X, Y, or Z that maybe isn't going to hurt you so badly. And I'm not giving up Mason Wynn for Joe Kelly. D- d- don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But what about a Paul DeYoung and a mid-tier prospect for Joe Kelly? Is that too much now? Now am I sweetening the pot a little too much? 
What if it costs you Luke and Baker? Go for it. I mean, they didn't play him anyways. Well, yeah, but he's but, also, but the, with again with the idea of he's twenty four, he's having a good year. Yeah, he's, I don't he's know. blocked. I don't know. Well, it'd be nice to just say, well, Juan Yepes, okay, but well, I would Juan Yepes, I would do that. What if it caught? What if it cost you a top ten prospect, not named Tink Kentz, Yvonne Herrera? Jordan Walker, obviously. Well, Jordan Walker's no longer I don't think Joe Kelly's worth a top 10 prospect. Okay. I don't. Well, you're not getting him then. I know that. Congratulations. You just cost us Joe Kelly. They should have never got rid of him in the first place. Probably. They actually, needed, that was they a pretty actually, good trade. Yeah, that was yeah, a absolutely. good trade. No, but all uh, jokes aside, like, what are we doing here? I don't, I, again, I don't think, I don't think you acquire somebody like that unless you're going to make a push. I look at it towards next year, too. Got this guy for this year and next year. Mm-hmm. I think that in the offseason, I think this was a very sobering year for the Cardinals front office and the mm-hmm. ownership. And I feel like the Cardinals, and I could be completely wrong, but I feel like the Cardinals are going to take the offseason a little more seriously this year coming up. Does that mean they'll spend a bunch of money? No, I'm not saying that because they probably won't change their ways that way. Mm-hmm. But having a guy like Joe Kelly in your bullpen solidifies some things so you can look in other places to you know, improve your team. Right. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Yes. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We'll just give up a prospect. No big deal. Yeah. I'm the gauntlet is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. 4 o'clock, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter, Andrew Marsh here as well. And we've got our guy Tim back for round two in the gauntlet. What's up, Tim? Not much, man. How are you? We're good. Did you celebrate last night? A little bit, yeah. Good man. How'd you celebrate, Tim? Take us behind the uh, curtain here. Yeah. What'd you do? You know, just a couple of cold ones at the softball field. Won that, too. So, oh, look at you. All right. So, and be honest, Tim. Did you tell everybody that you're in the gauntlet? Did you tell everybody that you beat Jamie? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I don't blame you. The whole you. team knows. Well, they, I don't blame you What'd they say? Uh, They weren't that surprised, you know. Whoa. Whoa, whoa Tim. Well, honestly, I had I had about half the guys. So, so they already knew. Wow, they heard a lot. Okay, wow. I like that. Mm. Are they I listening mean, today? What'd you say? Are they listening today? I'm sure some are. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I'd be ordering the rings after beating me in random, but you know, Tim, we all celebrate in different ways. You know. That's it. <laughs> Damn. All right, Tim, you gonna take on Marsh or myself today? Uh, Marsh. I'll see you Monday. Whoa. Me and Anthony today. Oh, Anthony. Oh. The amount of disrespect, Tim. Anthony. Come on. My All right. Goodness. Good luck. All right. Anthony's going to make his way to the cone of silence. And, boy, he's angry, Tim. You know, we get those Italian hands are flailing around right now. He's got a good amount of chest hair hanging out of his white T-shirt, Andrew. 
white t-shirt with the chain too i mean anthony is playing the part today he's fired up he is fired up all right tim uh tell i uh, tell our guy marshy what to do marsh spin that wheel what do you not want to see today tim uh I don't know how great I'd be at hockey, but I know uh, Anthony's good at football, so we'll see. Both you and Anthony, (laughs) probably not going to be happy as it's hockey today. All right, let's do it. All right, Marshy, hand me the launch codes here. In the meantime, Tim, for anybody who's new to the gauntlet, each question, there'll be four questions, mind you, each question is worth two points. And if you use the option and answer correctly, it's worth one point. If you don't get it right... And it's a really bad answer. We might laugh at you. Tim, are you ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Again, the category is hockey. Question number one. Which original six team has won the Stanley Cup the fewest times, only winning four championships in their history? Uh, Options. All right. Is it the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, or the Chicago Blackhawks? Rangers. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. In 2019 playoffs, which blue led the team in goals with 12 throughout the entirety of the postseason? Um, 19. I'm going to say O'Reilly. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Tim, question number three. In St. Louis Blues history, which team have they seen the most in the playoffs, meeting them 14 times in the postseason, posting an 8-6 and six record all-time against this team in the playoffs? Options. The, the Dallas Stars, the Chicago Blackhawks, San Jose Sharks. Blackhawks. Final answer? Final answer. Question number four. Who was the Blues captain before David Backus from 2007 to 2011? Options. Was it Al McKinnis, Dallas Drake, or Eric Brewer? I'll have Brewer. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Tim. We're going to get uh, Anthony in here while he makes his way into the studio. How you feeling, buddy? If for all I know, I just got skunked, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, Anthony's headed back in here. He's tucked his chest hair back into his T-shirt and the three gold chains he's had. Got on, they tucked him back in there too. Anthony, how you doing, bud? I'm focused, ready to go. Well, I could tell. I didn't like. Uh, I don't like what Tim said there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Felt like Tim was rattling the cage a little bit. Yeah. Lions awake. The lions awake. Mm-hmm. Wow, Anthony, you're really something. All right. Better pack a lunch, my friend. Question number one. Which original six team Come has... Come on! Yes, the category is <laughs> hockey. <laughs> Are you ready? No! Okay, I'm not ready. Perfect. Question one. 
Which original six team has won the Stanley Cup the fewest times, only winning it four times in their history? Options, please. New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks final answer. Question number two. In the 2019 playoffs, which blue led the team in goals with 12 throughout the entirety of the postseason? 2000 what? 2019. Led the team in goals, you say. In 2019, who led the team in goals? He had 12, this player, this individual? Throughout the entirety of the postseason. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, final answer. All right, question three. In St. Louis Blues history. Which team have they seen the most in the playoffs, meeting them 14 times, posting an 8-6 record all time against this team in the playoffs? They have seen this team the most, you say. Mm-hmm. Can I have the options, please? Yes, the Dallas Stars, Chicago Blackhawks, San Jose Sharks. Oh wow! I feel like they played the shark. They have played the sharks a ton. They've also played the stars a ton. Stars, sharks, stars, sharks. I'll take the sharks. Final answer. Question number four: Who was the Blues' captain before David Backus from 2007 to 2011? Was, uh, I was in Detroit that time frame there, Jamie. So in other words, I don't know. Can I have the options, please? Options are Al McKinnis, Dallas Drake, or Eric Brewer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Al McKinnis, final answer. Alrighty, let's go over these. Let's start uh, with question number two. In the 2019 playoffs, which blue led the team in goals with 12 throughout the entirety of the postseason? Anthony, you went with good old Big Daddy Vladdy, Vladimir Tarasenko. Tim, you went with Ryan O'Reilly. Answer is... Well, he scored a hat-trick in... Game number six of the first round against the Winnipeg Jets. It's Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, he got two hat tricks that postseason. Jaden Schwartz. 0-0 after what? Let's go to the next question. In St. Louis Blues history, which team have they seen the most in the playoffs? Even 14 times, posting an 8-6 record against said team. Tim, you said the Chicago Blackhawks. Anthony, you said, of course, the San Jose Sharks. Typical. Disgusting. The answer is 
The Dallas Stars. Dallas Star. Also Here we go. used to be the Minnesota North Stars. That is correct. Same franchise. Marshy, can we get a score update, please? We are all tied up at zero. Okay. All right. Question number one. Which original six team has won the Stanley Cup the fewest times, only winning it four times in their history? Tim, you went with the options. You said the New York Rangers. Anthony, you went with the options of the Chicago Blackhawks. Answer is... The New York Rangers. It is the New York Rangers. Tim, up one nothing. Bottom of the ninth. Overtime. Final question. All of it. Question number four. Who was the Blues captain before David Backus from 2007 to 2011? Tim, you used the options, said Eric Brewer. Anthony, you used the options. You said Al McKinnis. Al McKinnis. Al McKinnis. The answer is defenseman Eric Brewer. Eric Brewer. <laughs> Tim. Let's go. Chosen wisely. <laughs> Al McKinnis would have been 44 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's, a hell, he's a hell of a player, too. <laughs> he was, Anthony. He really was. He's your partner. He was. The only time you won the Norris Trophy. He was my partner. <laughs> if he was on the roster, he would have been the captain. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. You know no, what? You're, you're not right. wrong. You're not wrong. Because uh, Al McInnes was the captain, then Dallas Drake, then... Hey, Jamie, I don't, I don't care. No, I'm just... I don't care. Clarifying things, Anthony. Anthony's mad now. I'm very <laughs> mad. You should see the hands. A little bit I of spit flying, too. Not that I lost. That the damn wheel spill, spun football three straight days. <laughs> it's actually I get picked for five. the first time in two weeks, and it's like, oh, hockey. <laughs> Screw you, Wheel. <laughs> nice job, though, Tim. Really nice job. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. That's fun. <laughs> All right, like an Tim. orchestra conductor. <laughs> you can go. Uh, Tim can go celebrate for the entire weekend nice now and tell everybody he knows that he's taken down Rivers and Stalter and that Marshy's next on mm. Monday. That's the plan. Thanks, guys. All See right. You, thanks, Tim. Tim. Have nice a good job, job. Tim. See ya. Al McKinnis. Have you guys ever heard the Dallas what Drake the song? The what? The well, Dallas okay. Drake song. Oh, yeah. In fairness to me, I know he, no he would have been older. There's but no what? fairness. Eric Brewer or Dallas Drake? There's no... F- Dallas Drake. Eric Brewer. I mean, no offense. Eric Brewer? What? Really? He, we traded Chris Pronger for Eric Brewer. You shouldn't have. Let's you just start there. You don't say. You shouldn't have. You don't say. Al McInnes. Hmm. Anthony, right. that was a tough time in this city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why. I can see why. And I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna stop talking now before I say something really yeah. cruel. What why? What are you gonna say? Just say it. I'm just not, okay? I I won't. Cruel to who? Well it wouldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost intrigued now. It wouldn't be me. Is it me, Anthony? You gonna target me? No. It's not one individual. Okay. Uh oh. Do the Cubs have the better shot at winning the Central? Oh, jeez. That's next on one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
The Cubs are going to win the NL Central. They're going to do it. They're going to go on a streak based on run prevention, pitching and defense. It's how they're built. They're a healthy organization. They have ground ball pitchers that pitch to contact. And Dansby and Nico up the middle. Bellinger's knee will be back. He'll be there in center. Jan Gomes having a career year. Stroman, Steele, Hendricks. And with Merriweather, in addition to Leiter and Alzelay locking down that closer role, yes, they lack power, but this isn't the AL East. It's not the NL West. You don't need to slug your way to an NL Central title. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Danny Parkins is a bad guy. (laughs) Cubs are going to win the NL Central. All right, that was Danny Parkins up in Chicago. No, I'm not. It's Danny Parkins, 670 the score. He says that the Cubs are going to win the NL Central. He used uh, used to be in Kansas City, I believe. Danny Parkins. What do you guys think? You laughing at him? Who? Danny Parkins. With no. that with that projection? What, that the Cubs are better than the Cardinals? No, no, no. That the Cubs will win the NL Central. Well, they're right there, Anthony. Three and a half games back. I mentioned this before. They're the are only they t- closer than your team is? Yeah. Yes. The Cubs have, I mean, the Cubs have a, a better shot to win the Central than the Cardinals do. One, they've got a, a a better lead here. Two, they're the only team with a plus run differential. And three, they have pitching. And really, it's probably should have just been one. They got pitching. And I know the Cardinals. The Cardinals, from a starting standpoint, I get it. They've they've been better. They've been better. But if they're starting, if their starter doesn't fail them that that day, it's been it's just been this roller coaster. It's why we have the wheel, the wheel of sadness. <laughs> the wheel of sadness. How are the Cardinals going to lose today? We we developed that because they got in, into a, a groove there where if it wasn't the starter, it was the off, offense. If it wasn't the offense, it was the bullpen. If it wasn't the bullpen, it was base running and overall fundamentals. If it wasn't that, it was defense. The Cardinals have a, a long way to go here, and that's that's no stretch. That's just reality. 31-44, and 44, nine games back, 13-21 and 21 at home, so they're dreadful at home. They're not much better on the road at 18 and 23. You got a minus 10 run differential. You had a four game winning streak. Then because it rained the other day, you lose. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? I thought that was the thing with the The Nationals had to play in that rain too, Anthony. Exactly. I don't like your excuses. You wasted it. You wasted a really good start for Miles Michaelis. No offense in that one. You had been hitting well. You have to get on a streak. The Reds. Oh, you know, everybody's some other Reds now. Oh, they're exciting. Look at the Reds. They're in first place. Yeah, they got an 11-game winning streak. Why are they excited? Because they got young talent that's playing well. They're winning. They're winning. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they're winning. Your team's always more exciting when you're winning. Yes. <laughs> you, you're going to have to get on one of these hot streaks in order to get back into it. You're going to have to get on a couple of them. Let's just be honest. Yeah. You're going to have to put together... A, multiple seven to eight game winning streaks. I'm not even going to stretch it out for the 17 gamer that they had in what, 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to simply say that this Cardinals team in order to even climb the standings in the central are going to have to put together a couple of seven, eight game heaters 
throughout the like right. before the deadline almost. Right. Or win eight of ten or win nine of you know, it, it's however you want to break right. it up, sure. But yes. Otherwise forget about it. Yeah. And you could say how does how does it look? We asked BT this question before, and BT said, Well, it's gonna be your offense taking over. And I get that, but really how how are they gonna how are they gonna get on a hot streak? It's actually playing well in all in all the areas at the same time. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that what else has been their biggest issue? You know, I think what makes me the most frustrated is exactly what you just said. When the Cardinals have had the offense going and the defense is on lockdown and they get just a good start from their pitching, they look ferocious. Mm-hmm. Look at some of the games that they where they've won, and you're like, good. Damn, look at that. Look at that team. Well, like the last few Wainwright starts, I mean, Wainwright's been pretty consistent. He's given up like, I don't know, like roughly like three runs a game. Like you can expect him to give up like three or four runs a game. But the difference is now the team, had like he picked up the win the other day, the team's been hitting better. The but team the team has hit, hit well for Wainwright. Mm-hmm. They have not hit well for Montgomery. So it's like. Mm. But is this team, like what is this team truly? It, what I mean by that, and I know that's a very vague question, but what I mean by it is when you get good to very good offense, defense, mm-hmm. pitching, like what is this team truly? What should they be? What should they be? Maybe what that's the better be? question I, right I there. I like that question. So I, I like the way you put it. What should they be? What they should be, in my opinion, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this too. What what they should be is a team that is dangerous offensively, and we're talking about consistency because consistently, not not one game, not just, that damn feast or famine stuff, right? That you've talked about so much, Jamie. I credit you with that, Anthony. Well, I appreciate that, Jamie. You're welcome. Considering you push back on it, oh, consistently, what are they? So con- consistently, 162 games. They're they're dangerous offensively. They are a ground ball staff. That keeps the ball in the yard, which actually they have. They have done a great job of limiting home runs. But they're a ground ball staff, keeps the ball in the yard, not a high strikeout staff. And on the back end of the bullpen, how, whoever the closer winds up being, it could, it, it could be Hicks, it could be Elsley, it could be Gallegos, but the back end of the bullpen is solid. That's really what they are. Great defense. Starting pitching that's going to keep you in the game, but they're not going to strike out a bunch of guys, but they're efficient and a dangerous offense. That's it. That's what the Cardinals should be. And at times, Jamie, we have seen it. Which is, I think that is the frustration for a lot of Cardinals fans is, like, look what you can be. Then you look at the next game, you're like, what is that I'm watching right now? Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, that's, you know, we talk about inconsistent, and that's kind of the word of the year right now. But that's the frustrating part is how can you be so dang good on one day and then look like you've barely played baseball another day? Yep. I don't know. I, I don't get that part of it. But I guess the same could be said about the Blues last year. Mm-hmm. There's some games you thought, we're back. We're back. We are back. But we weren't. So I, I think it's limiting the gap between your best and your worst. Mm-hmm. Is shrinking that gap to where you find a middle-ish ground that becomes your your floor, and then you look towards trying to have more ceiling games. But your floor can't be what we've seen out of the Cardinals this year. Yeah. If it is, 
then there's no chance. It's a good way to put it. I think it's simple as they should be playing better. This team, from a roster standpoint, they have the 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 play. Now, a lot of people think the roster construction is not good, and you have a, a fair right to say that. But this team, on paper, is better than what we're seeing. Mm. I think that's everyone knows that. It's as simple. I mean, they they could be, you know, only maybe five games back if they just simply would execute the the slightest fundamentals of baseball and they have not done that right it's basically what it comes down to don't give up runs don't give up runs defensively close down games that you're winning for yeah and that's it i mean for example like we brought this up uh you know the for the past week or so ever since they played the reds the paul de young throwing home to the right side of the plate mm -hmm. it's like that is a perfect example of just executing just the little things it cost you a game it did. Yep. Now, you know, you obviously you need to score more than the Reds, and your offense didn't really help you in that regard. Yeah, but, but in those moments... In those moments, you have to execute, and they Absolutely. didn't. And that's why they're in the situation that they're in right now, because little moments like that have happened all season long. We have a, an NFL quick hitter. We're going to play better bet with some of the questions uh, regarding the NFL this upcoming season that's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, let's play NFL. Better bet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Marshall, read off a statement. We'll all say what's the what's the better play. Go ahead, Mark. The cards. I'm kidding. <laughs> better bet yeah, to be yes. <laughs> better bet to be first <laughs> head coach fired. Ron Rivera of the Commanders or Todd Bowles of the Buccaneers. Bluff. I think this one. I think it should have happened already. Todd Bowles, Buccaneers. Like that was a epic failure as a head coach. I mean, that team was much better. It's a playoff team. It was <laughs> that team. My record. Woof. He he looked lost as a head coach. Yeah. Whereas Ron Rivera, like, let's like let's just sit back for a second. What has Ron Rivera had to deal with since becoming the head coach of that franchise? He had to deal with a name change, a, a an absolute disaster from the inappropriate behaviors to like yeah, the ownership the group, ownership yeah. like. I'm going to give him a little bit of a, a, a pass to see what he can actually do without having to manage 1,200 other things that have nothing to do with football mm-hmm. and see how he does. So for me, Todd Bowles is my uh, my pick here. Yeah, it's Todd Bowles. I think he should be a defensive coordinator. I think he's a, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. He's had his opportunities now to be a head coach. I realized there was some holes on that roster a year ago that led to the Bucks' demise when it was all said and done, but you played in a cakewalk division. You had a losing record. You made it to the playoffs, and then and then you were embarrassed by the Cowboys at home. So what's going to change from this year? Not, you don't have Tom Brady. You got Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask under center. Aging, you know, aging players making a lot of money. I, I think it's going to be Bulls. Like Ron Rivera, when was the last time he actually had a good quarterback? Not Cam since Newton. Cam Newton's in Carolina. Yeah, he's yeah. really been Cam dealt Newton. a crap sandwich here over the last handful of years. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Anthony's favorite player in Carson Wentz. 
But that didn't really help him out. He That's was, his own wrongdoing, though, there. Because he, yeah. he's acting as the general manager, too, I believe. No, that's... Uh, they got a GM there. Oh, okay. I forget the name well, of it. Well, then I take it back. Well, it was all you have to do, Jamie, you're right. Your comment was right. Just shift it over to whoever the GM is in terms of that was... But the coach, like, Ron Rivera, I just feel like, man, he has been dealt a tough hand since he's gotten there. Yeah. Martin Mayhew is their GM. He's been there since 2021, so I believe that would cover the Carson Wentz. Mm situation next one guys better bet to win coach of the year dan campbell of the lions or sean payton of the broncos this one's easy wow i don't think it's that easy anthony well i thought i think i thought you were gonna pretty easy i thought you were gonna say dan campbell it's easy well i was gonna say sean payton i went there to start but when i look at both of these teams here's the thing is the detroit lions Everyone's kind of expecting them to be even better than they were last year. Mm -hmm. It's like last year was the year for me that if they make the playoffs, you go, Mm -hmm. hey, Dan Campbell might be the coach of the year. That's what I was thinking, too. If he was going to win the award, it would have been last season. And so I I flipped the script. Now I go to the 5-12 and Broncos from last year, and if they make a playoff push this year, even go above 500. Sean Payton is the the difference maker Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're going to have Russell Wilson as your quarterback and a lot of the same guys on your roster. What's the, what's the big thing that changed? It's Sean Payton. So I think quite honestly, I think the Denver Broncos are going to be substantially better than they were last year. I think Sean Payton is more likely to be the head coach of the year. I think you're right on everything you just said. I'll just add one more thing because my pick is Sean Payton too. Sean Payton is I'm just gonna go with the better coach too like Dan Campbell's he did a great job how do you know a year ago how much can Payton bench probably not as much as Dan Campbell if that's the metric have you seen Dan Campbell if that's the metric it's Dan Campbell machine if we're like you know coaching coaching games and stuff I'm gonna go with Sean Payton does Dan Campbell have a movie made after him that Uh, Anthony and his children watched yeah Yeah. it's called Gladiator (laughs) (laughs) he was the gladiator yeah lions biting kneecaps and he was like are you not entertained he's gonna have his uh, vengeance either, either in this lifetime or the next that's Dan Campbell better bet to win MVP Aaron Rodgers of the Jets or Justin Herbert of the Chargers MVP MVP. I don't think Rodgers has a chance at this, but I don't think Herbert does either. <laughs> I like Herbert. A I like lot. him, Anthony. I like him fine. <laughs> okay? I like him fine. Uh-huh. I don't like the other guy at all. Yeah. I'm with you. But I feel like they're both kind of in the same area where they're not really going to be MVPs, but they could have pretty good seasons. So if you're going to take one, it'd be either Mahomes or Burrow, I would imagine. 100%. Okay. That's why we went this route. Yeah. With um, Rodgers or I'm going to say Herbert. I'm going to say Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is, uh, I think he's outstanding. He has not had the track record, obviously, as Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow has like that it factor. Yeah. And at some point, Justin, we, that's that that might be the thing that we complain about with Justin Herbert. From his processing ability, though, how quickly he makes decisions, he's got, he's got good weapons around him. He does not have the coaching that w- Joe Burrow has. So... Does that eventually hold him back? Or ha- I mean, it has held him back. But I like him as a QB, man. 
I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I was just going to say, I don't think Justin Herbert wins MVP, Super Bowl, nothing with Brandon Staley as his head coach. I, I, I'm not going to push back on that. I, but I don't think in that's this regard, thing. I'm going to take Justin Herbert. And with Aaron Rodgers, me personally, I feel like he has a tougher road in the division. Now, you could say the same thing for Herbert because the Chiefs are there and they won the Super Bowl, but I'll look at the. Well, the Broncos are going to have the coach of the year. Yeah. We'll see how that we'll we'll see. We'll see. There's two teams in that division that I'm not too high on, but there's a lot of teams in the AFC East that uh, they could all make a run for the playoffs. So I think Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to have a great season, he has a tougher road to get pie. So I think he would end up getting the nod for that one. Uh, Better bet to make the playoffs, the Dolphins or the Giants. I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one, and it's a similar idea as the the better coach overall. Like, I realize Dan Campbell's going to be in the mix to win coach of the year. I'll take the better coach in Sean Payton. Mm. I'm going to take the better team in the Dolphins over the Giants. I think the Giants, the, the job that Brian Dayball did last year in turning things around in New York and doing so quickly and figuring out what <laughs> offense is best for, like, Daniel Jones, I think that's great. He now has a more difficult challenge, which is that, Hey guys, we we surprised a lot of people a year ago with our play. Can you avoid the complacency that might take place in that locker room now? I mean, you have to now turn it up a notch, but you're not going to surprise teams next year. And maybe you can make the same same case for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins had some expectations going into last year because of the Tyreek Hill trade, because of, you know, the hiring of Mike McDaniel. I, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think they have the better roster, and I love the hiring that they made on the defensive side with Vic Fangio. So I'm going to go this route. I'm going to go with the Giants. Reason being, when I look at the conference, in the AFC, you've got the Chiefs, the Chargers, maybe the Raiders. you got the Jaguars. You've got the Bengals. You've got the Ravens. You've got the Patriots, the Jets, who knows, and the Bills. It's a lot of teams looking for a spot at the dinner table. I look at the NFC, not quite the same. You got the NFC South that somebody will end up in the playoffs just because they win the division. Saints. The, probably the Saints. The rest, the other three will probably not be very good. Uh, so when yeah. you look at the number of Agree teams. Agree and disagree on that one. That, uh, mm-hmm, that will make the playoffs. I think the Giants have a better chance just because they're in a weaker conference. I think the Giants have a have a better shot. I'm looking at the Cowboys um, who was who, who occupied you know another one of those playoff spots? I think they take a step back this year. I mean, you look at their their first five weeks. They play the Giants. That's going to be a huge game. It's at the Meadowlands. That's going to start off the year. It's Sunday night football. Then you take on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And then in week five, you have San Francisco. And there's these weeks from 13 to 17, which are going to be pivotal for the Cowboys. You're taking on Seattle. You're taking on Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. All teams that we think have a great opportunity to make the playoffs. I think the Giants end up probably having the same type of season they do this year, except for the Cowboys, in my opinion, end up falling off a little bit. And the Dolphins, like I established last uh, in the last one with Aaron Rodgers, that whole division, is it's a tough division. So maybe they miss, maybe they don't. Uh, but I think the Giants have a better opportunity just based on the, the, uh, the talent of the teams in that division. All right, there you have it. There's NFL better bet. We'll do that. We'll do that throughout the offseason. 
It's a fast, fast lane on 101 ESPN. Can a toxic coaching staff ruin a great roster? Uh, I would say so. I've seen it. That's next on 101 ESPN. I've lived it. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Skip Schumacher was on the Dan Lebertard show. Skippy! And, and uh, uh, some people kind of took what he said and ran with it to, to a certain degree. Here's what Skip Schumacher said about building a coaching staff in Miami. And you'll notice one of the things that he said, it might stand out a little bit to you here in St. Louis. What I've learned the most is I have to have a really good staff around me. I have to be surrounded by guys that I can trust. Um covering my blind spots was huge. I've been on staffs before where it was, it was a little bit toxic and um, guys were going after each other's jobs or you know that type of stuff. That is not how this thing should be run. I was very lucky that, that Kim um, let, I wouldn't say we together identified some people that I've either coached with or played with to uh, be, become part of our staff and know what winning looks like. And there's no ego involved. This, it's always been about the player. So that one part there about uh, I've been on staffs that were uh, toxic, basically. And uh, Anthony, do you think yeah. he was talking about the Cardinals? I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I mean, we could have some fun with this, but he was here for one year. He was in San Diego for several years, and two different managers were were fired during that time. So I, I I'm sure he was talking about San Diego. Yeah. But the bigger question, Jamie, would be. And and it's really I, to me it's not even a question. But can a toxic coaching staff ruin a great roster? Absolutely. You actually have examples of this, though. Yeah, I mean, look at. There's a fine line sometimes between, you know, assistant coaches and head coaches to where, teams not playing well, all of a sudden the assistant coach starts telling you things that are different than the head coach, uh, and then when the is team, that what happens? Yeah. They start saying different things, or they'll say, well, this is what he wants you to do. Clearly outlining that that's not what their opinion is. And when the ship is starting to sink, they make sure that everybody knows that the head coach is running the show. Mm-hmm. And But the problem is players see through it. Players know, and players don't like it. They don't like it. Even if you don't like the head coach, you don't like the behavior. And, uh, you know, so it's tough sometimes to to be a part of that because you see it all kind of unraveling, but you really can't say anything as a player. Like, you don't want to be involved. You just want to do your job. I want to do my job. I want to keep my job. I want to continue to play the best I possibly can so that I continue to have a job. I also had a toxic coaching staff here, and it wasn't the staff. It was one individual. It's Mike Keenan. He was toxic in so many ways, uh, like behind the scenes people, people in the office. Uh, and the did, way he treated them? Yeah, just how, did, how so? He, he was not a good person. He was not a good person. He would have rules and expectations. Like he would, somebody from other departments wouldn't even be in the hockey department. He would like just dress them down, like walk by and just like, 
cock down to them, like for no reason at all. And then, you know, you get around, you know, it's bad when most people like to gravitate towards the hockey club or, or the baseball club, whatever. And if you look at, you know, barring when things were tough last year, but Craig Berube and his staff, there's always a congregation of people surrounding them around the locker room, on the road, they're in the lobby, they're talking, like they're hanging out, like they like being a part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side of it to where people scatter, like when the lights go on, and it's like in your cockroach, and you have like nobody around the head coach. That was Mike Keenan. The only people that were around him were forced to be around him. And he divided a locker room on more than one occasion just with the way he treated players, what he would say to players, what he would tell players that other players said about them, even though it wasn't true. What was the goal, in, Ul- your, in your opinion? Ultimate control. He was a control freak. He wanted. That's why he had to be head coach and general manager. And then he would step outside of his department and go and say something to somebody like in a, like sales or tickets or f- promotions. We had the greatest player on earth was wearing the blue note. We should have been a competitive team for a Stanley Cup for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why did that player not stay here? One individual. That was Mike Keenan. So I've seen a toxic coaching staff, and I've seen a toxic coach, and it can really hurt a team. That's why teams now, uh, organizations like Army, um, the Cardinals, they look for individuals that bring the group together. They look for an individual that wants to make people around them better, wants the best version of you. And one thing they really look for now is honesty. Like there's certain things a head coach cannot be completely honest all the time in the moment about, but he can certainly give you the idea of what he's looking to do. Craig Berube is is kind of brutally honest with the players. And players respect it and they appreciate it. So I, I look at the biggest misses from head coaches is feeling like they are untouchable, that the only their thought matters. And then just treating people wrong. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest missteps. You don't have to be Bobby badass to get respect or results. You can be a hard-nosed coach with really high expectations and get respected for that. Rather than being an unrealistic unrealistic coach who just talks down to people. Yeah. So I think, you know, and that's not, trust me, that's not me being soft. I'm talking about like I Joel Quenville was a tough coach to play for. But on the flip side of it, you respected him. And he also praised you. Scotty Bowman, Dave Lewis was great. I had a number of coaches that were tough. Jacques Martin, Mr. No Emotion himself, was respectful. And he was a hard-nosed coach. But you knew that he appreciated you. Well, Jamie, I would imagine that it, all the guys that you had mentioned that that are that that you respected were guys that ultimately, if they were hard on you, were trying to get the best out of you for the team, mm-hmm. as opposed to Mike Keenan, who was, as you in, in your words, trying to gain control for himself. That's a that that is a selfish thing. 
he the priority was he wanted ultimate control, ultimate say, mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm going to do this for the ultimate goal of winning games. That if you know are uh, a coach, a boss, a general manager, ultimately is putting the team first and also cares about you as an individual. You you go to bat for them. You're. You feel you're you're disappointed in yourself because you feel like you disappointed them, as opposed to I'm going to do my own thing because I know this dude don't care about me, uh-huh. and that is how a team, in my opinion, kind of fractures. Well, the one thing that the one thing I feel like Mike really missed on is he felt like a couple of things. One, he always wanted the players to be on edge. I don't know why he thought that brought the best out in players. Certain players it did. And I think that that's what he looked at was he measured their success while being on edge or uncomfortable, and he thought that that method worked for everybody. It was just a blanket method. It didn't, obviously. And the other thing is that Mike had ultimate success with the New York Rangers, won a Stanley Cup. And I tell this story because it's true. Is Mark Messier literally told him to stay off the ice for practices? And that he let him stand behind the bench for the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. But the players hated him so much. So Mike Keenan, from that point on, felt like if all of my players hate me, they will be galvanized and play their best hockey. So he felt like mm-hmm. that was the recipe for success. What he didn't realize or what he overlooked was he also had Hall of Famers in his lineup. Mm-hmm that you could have put multiple people behind that bench and won a Stanley Cup. So his method of coaching wasn't what won that cup. His players battling through the adversity and having a leader like Mark Messier and Brian Leach and other guys, Adam Graves, that won them the cup. But he took that 1994 mentality and brought it here to St. Louis with a whole different crew of people, and it didn't work. So when it didn't work, he traded everybody away because – they're the problem, not him. Mm. And from there, it just snowballed where he just kept getting rid of people he couldn't have adjust. And it was their fault. Ultimately, we know what the problem was. It's fascinating. That's great stuff. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We do have our sports six pack coming up 314 399 9646. So if you do have a question for us, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line. We'll uh, with the sports six pack next. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. 502, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your sports six-pack questions. Question number one. All right, guys, this one comes from the 314. Is a Norris Trophy defenseman necessary for winning a cup? The last 10 cup winners have had that caliber player. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Uh, is it necessary? Um, yes. Well, I don't know because... Yes. 
No, look back to 2019 with the Blues. You know, Alex Petrangelo was probably not a Norris Trophy guy that year. When you're talking the top three defensemen in the NHL, it's it's a very small group. So I don't know if it's necessary, but you need somebody who's in the conversation. You need a you need a number one defenseman for sure, and a number one defenseman in the NHL. There's probably eleven of them. Having one certainly helps your chances. I don't want to hear your crap. Yes, Mark. Just ask Vegas. Hmm. Question number two. From the 217, who do you think will have more overall success in the SEC, Texas or Oklahoma? And I'm assuming this is football. Oh, I was thinking wrestling, quite honestly. Yeah, it's a uh, good one with mm, wrestling, that's for sure. I I say Texas. I think Texas ultimately has the most success. I really like Steve Sarkeesian. Not not that, you know, I'm not a Brent Venables guy. I think, you know, when you look back at the work he did at Clemson, outstanding. But I think Sark with his offense, with his ability to recruit, both hotbeds. But, I mean, you're Texas, despite despite their down years, they're still Texas. They're still a program that everybody wants to go to. Quarterbacks flock there a lot of times. A lot, you know, USC on the West Coast, Texas typically uh, in the in the South, if you're, if you're not including LSU and Alabama. I think Texas will ultimately have the recruiting to hang with SEC caliber teams, the top teams. So I'll go Texas. I think Arch Manning is the quarterback that... Mm-hmm. Archie? He's old, man. I mean, he's talented. No, uh, Jamie, it's Arch. Arch. Arch Manning. Like, gateway Arch Manning. Yeah, I knew that. I think he... It's Arch. ...is the one. Not Archie. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Why would you even bring that up? I think he's the one to bring them back to what they once were. Prominence. And if he doesn't... I, I, don't, I don't know what they do. I mean, it's been a minute, Anthony. They haven't been good since Colt McCoy. Boy, he, he was, was good. Back in what? That was over 10 years ago. Yeah, that was 2006, 2007, well, that, 2008. That, that 2012 time was probably the last year that he played. That was that. 2012 for 20, Colt? Right? No, I think it was before that. 2008? No. Vince Young was 2006. I think Colt McCoy was right after Young. I think Colt. I think Colt no, McCoy was, was two, 2008, 2009. No, you're wrong. 2010. Uh, if, if we had something called Google, let's see here. I think it was 2012. It wasn't 12. No way. Colt McCoy. There it is. 2010 at the earliest was the national championship game against Alabama. That was. I think it was 09. Why can I not find his college stats? Uh, Colt McCoy was drafted in 2010. Yeah. So it would have been that. So he played 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009 for Texas. You don't know that. Well, I said it once and I looked it up. <laughs> so 2000, oh, 2010 would have been the the uh, BCS National Championship at the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah, it has been the 09 season, 2010. 2010. Yes. See, that's where things yeah. get a little confusing. Mm-hmm. That okay. was so. Do you know the? Do you remember the backup who came in? Yeah, it was day? Garrett Gilbert. Yep, Garrett Gilbert and of the, the Rams. Oh, yes. Gibby. And uh, actually, I believe uh, Texas would have won that game if Colt McCoy does not get injured. It's weird thinking about that. If they win that game, 
does Alabama have the dynasty and the you know the makeup of what they have now? Like, does any of that happen? We'll never know, but yes. You th- you still think they do? Yes. You think Nick Saban is a Nick Saban? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think Nick Saban. That was happening. That was going to happen regardless. Maybe they don't win that game, but I think the dynasty is still born there. Question number three. From the 804, if you had to choose from one of these UFAs for the Blues for a one-year, one-way contract for 23-24, who would it be? Oscar Sundquist, David Kampf, Ryan Donato, Colin White, or Sam Steele? Oscar Sundquist. Oscar Sundquist. You know what you've got in him. Uh, Craig Ruby loves him. He can play up and down your lineup. He kills penalties. He's a really good, solid defensive center. Good on faceoffs. He can play in front of the net on the power play. He's just an all-around really good dude. So, yeah. That's my guy. From the six... Oh, oh my Whoa. God. Oh, question number five. Friday, Jeez. Anthony. I guess so. Got another hour yet, Marsh. What is it, okay? six o'clock already? No, it isn't. Uh, Marsh's world, it must be. <laughs> uh, from the 636, if you guys could play in a Pro-Am golf tournament, who would your partner be? Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> we ride or die together. Yeah, uh, you're going to need a pro golfer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my bad on this. It's my teammate, you know, got your back. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that, Anthony. Uh, yeah, that would be John Daly. I will take oh, John Daly, please. Yeah, John. I mean, that's the obvious one. Um, trying to think a little bit outside the box here. I did play golf with Phil Mickelson one time. Did you? That was uh, an, uh, an incredible day. That guy's so talented. And this is way back when. We were playing in the playoffs against the Phoenix Coyotes. Goes back to that whole wow. when I ruined the franchise. Yep. Um, and Phil Grant Fuhr is a big golfer was friends or knew Phil Mickelson. We ended up golfing with Phil and this other guy. It was uh, it was awesome. And he was a good dude. Uh, so Phil Mickelson, you know, it would be a, a good pick. Um, you know, you think Tiger Woods, but I just don't know how interesting or how fun that would be to play with Tiger Woods. I, yeah. I, I think he'd be a hell of a golfer. It'd be like a story to tell. Right. He could might... be like Bob Barker. Like every time you mess up, he just gets really upset. He might. A little Maybe. too... Uh, too serious for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would he be talking with you? Would I don't he be, know. Yeah. And I'm not. I mean, I enjoy golf. But I can't tell you the last time. Well, I can tell you. Uh, my daughter just turned seven, so it's been about seven years since I played golf on any sort of regular basis, and I wouldn't play much before then. <clears throat> so it's not like I'd be, I'd be asking Tiger Woods for tips and things like. That. But still, if if golf comes up and you're looking for any sort of insights, would it be yeah. op- would he would he open up with you? Or would he just be like, I gotta get these 18 holes over with. Yeah, so get the hell away from this guy. Right. Yeah, there is only there truly is only one answer. It's John Daly. John Daly. Question number five from the three one four: If you could play a hockey game or a baseball game in any European city, which one would you choose? Well, I've played hockey in a lot of European cities, um, all over the place for that matter. It's fun. I don't know about baseball, how it translates. I think like watching some of the stuff in Venezuela when they're 
the baseball games are going. They've got the flares and the smoke bombs and all mm-hmm. that. Like the vuvuzelas. Is that is that what it's called? I don't know what you just said, and I refuse uh, to say it based on the fact it might get me fired. All those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, if it gets you fired, I guess I'm fired. Yeah, well, that's on you. <laughs> Love you, Marky, but I got a lot of kids to feed. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, it was, tell you what, playing, playing hockey in Europe was a whole other animal than what you're used to over here. Hockey fans are fantastic over here, but... When you watch a, a soccer game over in Europe, it's the exact same atmosphere for the hockey game. So here locally, if you've been to a City SC game and you've got the the, the passionate, the football fans there that are like the, what do they call themselves? The St. Luligans. The St. Luligans. You've got that section that just does nothing but chant and dance and bang on a drum and do all that stuff the whole game. That's what it's like playing over in Europe. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, football. In Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he was baseball or hockey. I'm going to go with baseball in Brazil. I'm going to go with hockey in Brazil. Either way. You got the hockey, Could I'll take baseball. That? Yeah. Why not? I mean, is you it didn't put parameters, is the weather would it be able to sustain for? like the, the rink? Do you know they, ha- they have a hockey rink in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida. indoor. Well, why would this I be would, an outdoor yeah. game? I, I don't know. I guess I keep thinking of like the winter. I'm thinking of like the winter classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they yeah, a stadium hockey. series game here down in Brazil. They what are you doing, Marsh? They had a stadium series game in uh, that's LA. True. That's yeah. true. It'd yeah, be fine. Right. The ice would be fine. I love Marshy went outdoor. He did. I yeah. don't think you could do I it. Don't know. I was just immediately <laughs> thinking outdoor. <laughs> Who's going to shovel all that snow? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I crossed you up with the with the uh, oh, football. No. Maybe. I was just, I don't know. It's all good, Marsh. It's it's been a long day. Hey, We're powering through. I, uh, I I posted a goose egg today in the uh, the gauntlet. Yeah, I, I was not about tr- that. I wasn't even close, Marsh. So we all had we've all had our moments today. Here, uh, we got one more. Okay, here. let's do it. Question number six. What are your thoughts on the St. Louis Blues playing a game at City Park? Outdoor game, City Park. I think that'd be, yeah, awesome. that'd be great. We just got that from the text line from the 636. Yeah. It's because it's not it. a I'm massive in. venue. It's not like Bush Stadium where you're going to yeah. get the 50,000. But you're going to get 25000 maybe even more, because you can have people mm-hmm. like on the field type thing. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty neat. I think that'd be kind be of fun sweet. for the I'm Blues in. to entertain that. I Tom saw a, Stillman, call me. You got my number. I, I saw a question the other day about City SC playing a game at Bush Stadium. See, sure. I don't know if it... I don't know if the... If the the way the if you get the same experience yeah. as you would at at City Park, like I, I, the game is something in itself. But I've heard I haven't been to a game yet. And I really want to go. I heard just being at the stadium is an experience in itself. And then of course you have the game. I'm a little upset Kyle Hebert hasn't just given us tickets or it is quite if nothing else oh. seats on the bench. We can be a part of it with him. Hmm. Is our guy selfish or just not thinking know. about us? Uh, he's know. got well, he's got like other things going well, he on. He didn't play last game, he's so maybe he wants us to watch him play. Been dealing yeah, with a lot sense. lately. Sure. Some anger. Well, I think we've 
did a hell of a job bringing that out of him, quite it, frankly. It is ironic that the week after we bring up the purge, he gets a red he card. He gets a red he card. Gets two yellow cards. Yeah. In the box, well, nonetheless. Yeah, well, that's kind of on brand. You got to do what you got to do. All right, that's the uh, Sports 6 back here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We discussed this earlier with BT. I want to expand on it. At what point does this season for the Cardinals become about 2024? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think you're always looking towards next year, Anthony. Oh, good spin. And the year afterwards. Uh-huh. It's called having foresight. Uh-huh. It's called having a smart organization. Long-term plan. Of course, Anthony. So it's about taking care of your job right here, right now, today. That was our guy, Brad Thompson, who joined us earlier today for a full hour. And we asked, all right, at what point do the Cardinals look towards next year instead of just for this year? And I, his, his answer was uh, what I was saying too, guys, is it's the trade deadline. You have to know what you are at the trade deadline. There can't how, be any guessing. How many games are left in the season following the trade oh, deadline? Jamie, I don't. Ballpark. Nobody knows that. Text line does. Well, the text, text line is one of our sources. Text line, help me out here. 314 399 How many games for the Cardinals following the trade deadline? Following it's like asking deadline. Google or Alexa. I love our text line. It is Do true. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? Oh, yeah. That was the... You the, remember uh, that? First, that was the first Google. I re- people think that I don't know things, and that's true. But that's nothing. It's very fair. Like today, I, before we got on the air, I was asked if I knew who Steve Irwin was. In all fairness, Marcia, it has nothing, nothing to do with your age. It has everything to do with Tanner, <laughs> who does the midday show, mm. and uh, he doesn't know anything beyond... We have years. our first, uh, we have funny people in this one. Yep. Does it start with a six? It sure does. Does it end with a nine? Mm-hmm. What do we got? You know. Is Anthony texting in? Your mail-it-in number, Anthony. I don't have a mail-it-in number. It says, What's he saying? We've got a lot here. we got 73, 60, <laughs> 8 plus 1, 87, 81. I don't. I don't I mean, it's when not. When the hell it, is the trade deadline? I, I honestly, I'm looking it's up. Until, when it's, it's July 31st. It's I July thought. 31st. Is it? Well, if it's July 31st, then uh, let's see here. I just feel like it's relevant to our conversation. Otherwise, I wouldn't brain pretzel you guys like this. You know, I, I can't. The whole show has come to a crawl because of this. I'm sorry, Anthony, that I did this to you. Keep talking. Um, dead air. Well, either way, it, for me, the number of games matters because do you have enough runway to actually catch the division leader at that point? You know, the part B to this whole conversation is how far back are you in the standings? I did this really quick, but about 55 games after the deadline. Okay. If the I deadline. have 55, too. Okay. There you, you go. go. This is probably wrong, okay. but 55. Let's hell? just go with, let's go between 50 and 60. That okay. We'll just keep That's it. That's fair. Okay. What about 50 and 70? I don't know about that. <clears throat> but it matters. Where, so to, to further the conversation, how many games out of first place are you? Five. Six. Six. I'll say six. Six. Six because it's a serious number. With, or is it seven? With 55-ish games 
Wow. That's tough. That's a tough call. If you Because you still believe almost, if you're the Cardinals, if you're like, you still believe, you know, we're only six mm-hmm. games back. Right. That's, that's, Anything that's more than two that. two series. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So if it's six, you, you have to define buying. How about this? At six, if you're five or six games out at the deadline, mm-hmm. you might not be selling. Uh, I'm sorry. You might not be buying, but you're not selling. Does that make sense? Which is the worst possible scenario. Oh, it's terrible. It's purgatory for fans. But if you're seven games out or more, if you're seven or more games out or more at that point, then I'll go back to what I've said before. You're looking at the assets on the roster that are not going to be on be, be on your roster beyond this year. We're talking about Flaherty. We're talking about Mama Boo. Slow down, Stalter. Is that Boo Boo? Talking about Montgomery. What the It's been a long week, apparently. Marcia, he's glitching. We're talking. I told you. Get the glitch now. My goodness. There's Ranthony, and then there's the glitch. You can't. Wow. Can't turn the lights on in here. Holy glitches. Flaherty, Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, Hicks, and like I said before, if you can find him, Tyler O'Neill. So let me ask you this. Uh, based off of what we just said about the trade deadline, I feel like as an organization, your cutoff point should be before that. And hear me out. Doug Armstrong knew he had set an internal deadline. Mm-hmm. And when that happened is when he was very forthcoming. And said, uh, basically, I don't care how many games we win in a row or how this, how close we get. We're decision is made. The decision has been made. I like that. And so I think that if you're the Cardinals, it has to be almost two weeks before the deadline, to where you're like, this is our our internal official deadline, where we're at in the standings. If we're four or five games back, two weeks before the deadline. What do we do? If we're seven games back, what do we do? If we're three games back, if we're 10 games back, like you have maybe for every number of games from one through 10, and you have a bit of a plan to where you see what you're going to do. I think if you're three games or below, you're a buyer. You make that push. You give your fans playoffs, no matter, even if you're just, even if it's one and done. Yeah. You give your fans playoffs. Yeah, because it's an easy sell. It is. It's easy. Hey, you're, uh, uh, hey, J- John Mozalock, uh, Anthony Stalter, and Jamie Rivers of the Fast Lane. Uh, why, why are you, why are you buying at this point when you're three games out and you haven't really had the season that you uh, you thought you were going to have? Because our fan base expects us to win, and that's what we're going to do. We owe it to our fans to to yeah. go for it. There you go. Done. And that's why we traded for Rich Hill. <laughs> Jesus, you had me up until then. Um, I had to be realistic. Yeah, I know, Anthony. That doesn't mean it's always fun to hear. But uh, we got it, Rich Hill, and we got uh, the version of Rich Hill that Corey Dickerson. We got Corey Dickerson and Rich Hill. Yeah. So, what's your threshold then? Right? Like, what is your threshold as far as how many games back you have to be? Because there's a gray area in there. We'll call it the dead zone. To where you really aren't out of it, but you really probably not going to win the division. So what do you do? Because you still have to keep in the... Well, but you have to keep in mind... Sell. 
Anthony, let me finish. Sorry. Okay, you never let me finish. You always finish first, and I don't get to finish, and it's not right. I'm selfish. I you are selfish like that. However, you've got guys like Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt, Contreras, Adam Wainwright, for that matter. And they're going to be like, we're close enough here. Like, why are you Why are you waving the white flag? And it, that's the toughest time for an organization mm-hmm. is to tell their leadership group that, sorry, you guys aren't good enough. Well, I, hey, leadership group, I think that's great. Where were you in April? My job, see, my job is is right here on the front of the shirt, not on the back of the shirt. Holding here, okay. My my responsibility is is the name on the front, yeah. not on the back. I know. And but I'm, you you sold me. You sat down at my house in California. I did, and sold me on the fact that we were going for it. Mm-hmm. What you're, is this crap? You're absolutely right, and you sold me that you were part of the missing piece to get this club over the top. Turns out we were both wrong. I've done my job here. Have I'm, you done yours? I'm trading you to Toronto for pitching prospects. That's the L.A. of the North. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I picked Toronto. I don't either. You make it sound like it's a horrible place to be. Well, no, I just... No, it's a well, I mean, place. It's, a, it's a contender. A lot of talent on that team. Certainly. Anyways, I just think the Cardinals are... It's almost the worst-case scenario for them to be just kind of close. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to be within under five games for me. Or nine games and above to be like one way or the other. I'm with you. Biggest question of the day is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Time for the biggest question of the day in the fast lane on 101 at ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. All right. I saw this on Twitter, and this is according to MLB trade rumors. Uh, Dara McDonald wrote this, and uh, we've been talking about the Cubs, you know, of course, because the Cards are playing the Cubs in London this weekend. Uh, But this question, Tom Ricketts. He is the Cubs chairman, says that the Cubs are buyers. Hmm. How does this affect the Cardinals? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's just interesting to look at the the Cubs because we thought, okay, they're going to completely rebuild. And where they are right now is, is that gray area. And they're actually being aggressive in the gray area as opposed to just kicking up their feet and, and saying, okay, well, it's going to be another couple of years, Cubs fans. Instead, they got Stroman two years ago. This past offseason, as we know, they got Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger, and um, they got who else? Who else am I missing? Who's the catcher that they? Oh, Tucker Barnhart. Not that that was big. They're building around Ian Happ and Horner and Seiya Suzuki. They they kind of are, are almost retooling more than rebuilding. They got a pretty good team. They do. It's not great. No, it's good. So if they're going to be buyers at the deadline. I don't know if that I don't know if that changes anything for the Cardinals. So here's what I believe to be true. I don't think it matters to the Cardinals. I don't either. Because the Cubs aren't the only team in the division. And right now they're not even the first place team in the division. Right. So if I'm the Cardinals, I, I 
it just if I'm any team in any sport, I cannot start making decisions based upon what other teams do. Right. I got to get better myself. I got to get my own roster better. Yeah. If you just start taking the bait of that and then trying to keep up, you're going to make decisions or you're going to make trades that aren't well thought out at times. Agreed. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't care what the Cubs do at the deadline. They've got a lot of work to do, too. They're three and a half games back. Uh, of course, you're nine games back. But you have the Brewers and the Reds that are ahead of them. And you got the Pirates at five and a half games back. You've got to leapfrog three teams, four teams, to get into the playoffs. I don't know if isolating the Chicago Cubs and going, man, we got to go, you know, shot for shot with these right. guys. Yeah, how do you get better as a team? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Focus internally on what you can do. Yeah. Don't worry about what the other teams in your division are doing. Right, because, okay, let's just say, let's just play this out. Let's play this out. The Cubs, they make a big move, and you're the Cardinals, and you're somewhat in it, right? And you say, okay, we're going to make a big move too then. We're going to get so-and-so on an expiring contract, and we're going to get we're going to give up some of our prospects. And then that free and then that pending free agent doesn't come back here, and you're without these prospects, and you weren't that good to begin with. What do you always say about Doug Armstrong at the trade deadline? What's his What's his thing? The team will tell me what I need to do. Okay, great. Based upon how they're playing. And you know what, Jamie? You brought this up in the previous segment about Nolan Arenado, and I've heard this before out of people. What You promised Nolan, Nolan Arenado. You promised Nolan Arenado. At what point did Nolan Arenado not become part of this team and, and whether or not it, it, it matters to him when it, with results? And I'm not talking about to him personally. I mean, like, he's on the roster. He's part of this. He has every opportunity on this team to win games. This team is not, not devoid of talent. You got Goldschmidt, MVP from last year, on one side of the infield, Arenado on the other, who was an MVP candidate a year ago. Wilson Contreras, you paid 80 something million dollars. And if you didn't, somebody else would have. You've got, you know, a multitude of, of really good players that are solid for you know put, putting an entire roster together i'm talking about tommy Edmond and, and brennan donovan and then you got some really young guys that are that's showing quite quite a bit of promise in gorman and walker you're not devoid of talent this pitching staff should be much better than what it has shown but ultimately you can't say well you know you wasted these years of arenado arenado is not surrounded by marsh jamie and myself hey it's part of it we probably would be better than what Why they the have. Why the ricochets? It probably would be better than what we have. Yeah, you heard me. I made a pretty good diving play at softball on Tuesday. I need you to calm down. Yeah, but I've Marsh, seen Marshy Marsh. show up for work uh, with big scabs and ter- he dives for pop flies. He, he's laying it out when he plays. Yeah, this kid can't can't keep hitting it up the middle against the pitcher. He admitted it. I did. I need to stop doing that. Which is a it's a horrible I did. I didn't do mistake. it this past week. He's got this, at some point. Marsh is going to learn how to get the launch launch angle going. I did ask you a question today, though, mm-hmm. and I'm learning something new every day. I was wondering why are people chopping down at the softball? You know, mm-hmm. chopping down. They look like Paul Bunyan are hitting missiles. That's right. You get the ball coming down. You, you want to get the ball coming down there and you then go. create that backswing. There you go. That's science. Or not the backswing. Excuse me. The backspin on the ball. So you take that into next Tuesday, Marsh, and you apply it. And then we can talk about you joining the Cardinals. Okay.
Hey, we need a new fade or follow contestant. John won $150 of FanDuel's money last uh, last week. Unfortunately, we took the over last Friday, and the Cardinals decided not to play. Yeah, it was nine, and I think the Cardinals lost by final score seven to one. Hmm. Yeah, seven one six one, something like that. The Cardinals did not like John. And they showed that. And, John, if you're listening, we, uh, we're sorry about that. So usually we do a play on a Friday night. Do we go with the Cardinals in London against the Cubs? Are we going back to City SC, taking on your San Jose Earthquakes? What? Jamie was pretty I, good. With- I couldn't tell you one San Jose Earthquake player. Why are they my San Jose Earthquakes, Marsh? Anthony, you don't have to lie in front of everybody. I couldn't tell you what colors they wear. I couldn't tell you what their kit is. I couldn't tell you what color their boots Anthony, are. Anthony, make me sick when you lie like I couldn't this. tell you what their, Honestly. the pitch color is of their probably stadium. Green. Probably green. Probably green. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's a different shade. Mm. We got a text from the 636. Don't ask 105.7 the point for softball hitting advice. No. Idea. If I want to cheat, I'll go there. Right. If I want to make excuses, we yeah. go there. Blame everybody but myself. Right. Yes. Then I'll tune in. If I'm looking, if we are looking for social media advice, we'd go down the hall. Yeah, we would. Mm-hmm. Home runs? No. Do we ever figure out if we're playing them again? Who cares? We told them it was up to them. You name the time, the place, the location, yeah, right. and they haven't. And you've seen what? Yeah, you've seen the reaction. A lot of um, talking and not yeah. so much doing. They probably you know? didn't think that we'd step up to the plate. Mm, well I see what played. you did there. Well yeah. Played. yeah. Well nice. Hey, don't forget the opening drive will be helping host Big League Impact's Cardinals in London watch party this Saturday at Patio's downtown. The Redbirds are headed to London. In fact, they've already been. They're there right now. They're there, guys. They're in London to take on the Cubs. And you can watch the game this Saturday afternoon at Patio's with the opening drive. Tomorrow, enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring trivia, games, your chance at autographed memorabilia, and more, all hosted by Randy, Carrie, and Brooke. Pro- proceeds will support big league impact get more details on big league impacts cardinals in london watch party tomorrow at 101 espn.com anthony i got a great idea for you and your family by oh. the way all right get yourself a dog okay get a dog i have three kids all under the age of seven or less teach them responsibility Younger. it's a great way it's a great way we just got a new dog at the river's house yep brand new pup English cream golden retriever. Nala is her name. Mm. She's great. Teaches kids responsibility. I've got my kids over at the house right now taking care of her. Had her out on a walk. How old are your kids? They're kids, you know? <laughs> They're kids. They're my kids, mm-hmm. I think. And um, yeah, it's been great. The breeder has more I can hook you up. In fact, you know what? Maybe I'll just bring one to the Stalter house. And I'll say, hey, Maddie, it's not a pony, but happy birthday. She's still talking about that. <laughs> she still, she, she mentioned that today. I was dropping Killian off at preschool, and she goes, when is Uncle Jamie going to, no, she, she doesn't say Uncle Jamie. She goes, Uncle Jamie Rivers. <laughs> when is Uncle Jamie Rivers going to bring my pony? I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll ask him today, hon. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind be of a, a pony. It's, it's a puppy. Come on, you'd love it. I love dogs. I don't. I don't see how this is possible that I would do a good job. I'm struggling as a father right now. You're being too hard on yourself. Am I? You always are. That's true. I'll give you that, Jamie. Hey, would you say the, like, if you're going to beat yourself, 
you're going to have a kid, like, it's best to, like, own a pet beforehand just to, like, like a prerequisite. Yeah. Yes. If not, so uh, I'll give you a, and this is just a small or anecdote. Or just have somebody else's kids for, like, a week. Yeah, no, See, I don't like know. That. See? Well, it's, it's good on both sides. It's good for the pet, and it's good for the kids because... Maddie took a long time to get over her fear of dogs. Killian is still not there yet at six, at five. And uh, Lincoln goes to a daycare with dogs or with a babysitter with dogs, and he loves them. So, oh, so they don't like dogs. Well, they're they're my my our middle son is freaked out. Why? Because they're so big. He's not he's not used to them. He's not used to yeah, yeah. He just gets he gets terrified. And we're trying to teach him. Yeah. You know, if like we go over to a friend's house and they have a dog, we're trying to teach him. Hey, it's okay. Look, pet, treat. Very fluffy. Very fluffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We do need a new fader follow contestant, like I said. So if you want to text in fade 314-399-9646, we'll do fader follow plus what you missed next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. Delphi, Delphi. Money, 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 money. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Time to play Fade or Follow. We got a new contestant. Who we got, Marsh? We have Casey joining us today. Casey, what's up, Casey? What's up, fellas? How's it going? We're doing great. You ready for the weekend? Yeah, ready to get it going. Excellent. All right, well, hopefully you get a, get the weekend started with $50 of FanDuel's money. We're going to give you a play in a second. You tell us whether or not you're going to fade that play or follow us. The choice is yours, and then uh, you'll have an opportunity to, like I said, win $50 of FanDuel's money. So, without further ado... St. Louis City SC plays San Jose tomorrow night, and the total for that game is two and a half. Jamie has been on an absolute tear when it comes to his uh, football knowledge. So, Jamie, two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half goals. What's the play for us for Casey? For me, based upon what I saw the other night, is that City SC still going to have a little trouble defending at all times? I'm going with the over. I think the city's going to win. Okay, but I'm going with the over in this. Casey, over. Two and a half goals. San Jose, City SC, tomorrow night. Would you like to fade us or follow us? Um, I'm going to follow. Because oh I think, thinking like Jamie, I think the defense hasn't been the greatest. I've been watching the games. So whether they win or lose, I think there'll be some goals scored. Beautiful. Here we go. So three or more goals. And Casey, you're going to win 50 bones, and you're going to be back with us next week. Sound good? That's the plan. All right. Hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. You too. Appreciate you. All right. There you go. So we have the over two and a half goals for the San Jose and City SC game tomorrow night. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101 ESPN or go to the 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Our first hour today was spent with BT. We talked about the Cardinals and Cubs London series, whether or not uh, the Cardinals 
should, or we phrase it this way, at what point do the Cardinals look look towards next year when it comes to you know winning and losing this year? And BT gave a very distinct example. Uh, we also talked about whether or not the Blues should look at the Calgary Flames as a possible trade partner. Marshy threw some, some names at Jamie, some he liked, some he didn't. One name specifically Jamie thought was a perfect fit for the Blues. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you check that out on the podcast. Talked about the reliever market. Jamie also absolutely loved one one former Cardinal reliever that he would love to uh, see the Cardinals acquire. And we also talked about the, the toxic coaching staff, what it looks like, and what a healthy coaching staff can get out of players. That's all available on our podcast, again, at 101ESPN.com. Speaking of hockey... Don't forget Alex Ferrario. He's heading to Nashville to report live from the 2023 NHL draft. That's next week. The Blues have the 10th overall pick in this year's draft, and you can tune in next Wednesday night starting at 6 o'clock as Alex will be on site from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville for a special NHL draft live show. He's going to be talking to special guests. He's going to be covering everything that's happening at this year's NHL draft. That's Wednesday night. Alex Ferrario live from Nashville starting at 6 o'clock following us here on 101 ESPN NHL Draft Show brought to you by our guys at Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Ron, the Wizard of Comfort, who does an outstanding job. Yes. Replaced our entire AC and furnace unit. Jamie had a had a complete upgrade. I had a glitch. Had a little bit of a glitch. Yeah, it should Matrix. have been addressed well before that. Now, though, now I'm on the Magic Tune program, and uh, they come by monthly fix things, take a look, clean, all that stuff. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about anything at all. And if you do have to have your service replaced in a hot St. Louis heat wave in the summer, they have cooling systems that they can bring in. Make sure you're comfortable while they uh, make sure that they get the, the new unit out. So again, give them, a, give them a look. Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Marshy, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Alright, let's start with the 636. Love how it only took 15 minutes to welcome BT back to the madness that is the fast lane. Well, hey, he knows. He knows when he comes in. Oh, yeah. Our I mean, tagline our tagline is the fast lane. Nobody's safe. Nobody is safe. And that includes you, Anthony. From the 314, what? Anthony's attitude always sucks. Thank you. That's why it's called a stalter's choice. Hmm. I don't know why that just happened. That seems very random. Um, and I don't like it for you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. That was earlier in the show, though. Not not right now. I think Anthony's no, attitude is pretty don't good. Like that it Thanks, happened. guys. I don't like that it happened at all. That's true. To be honest. That's true. Hmm. Uh, Anthony, it was a tough gauntlet for you. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, from the 618, let me clarify that Anthony is the factory of sadness. Al McKinnis, really? Yeah, I said I didn't know it, and um, he's I'll be honest with you, the the other two <laughs> options, I wouldn't put those two players in a and captain in the same sentence. So that's why I went with Al McInnes. I thought maybe he came back for a year or Might something. I well said Garth Butcher. Well, I butchered that fast. Like <laughs> sure Anthony, here's a good one for you. From the 314, I heard Stalter was getting into Ted Lasso. Great choice. After done with that, go to Severance. All of you should watch it. 
That is also on Apple TV. Fantastic show. Really messes with the head. I love to hear your three thoughts on getting uh, severed or not. So, wow. Wait, I, have, I have actually seen this show. Is it good? It is. It's a really good show. Huh. Is it like dark? It, yeah, kind of. Like, what is it? What's the premise? Yeah. Because I'm curious now, like, severance and then get severed. I'm like, so, what are we talking spoiler about? warning. I'm not going to spoil... You know what the happens? show, but the premise of the show. Spoiler oh, warning! Oh wait, no, no, no. We have been. Yeah, we have watched. It's the guy from uh, Adam. Yes, he's from he, Step Brothers. He's in Step Brothers. The brother yes. from Step Brothers. So Adam's the second Adam season. Scott, out? that's a golfer. We watched the first season. You did watch it. So yes. basically, Sorry. what is it about? So basically, you you get this uh, surgery, and when you go to work, you forget everything. That happens at work. You have no personal. You, have you, no, have, you, you yeah. don't remember any. You don't know. You don't know anything when you, you go into work. Home. Yeah, you don't. Yes. So yeah. when you leave, you go down this this elevator. Yeah. And when you step outside the elevator, you have no idea what you just did at work. Sounds yeah. wonderful. Well, there's some <laughs> some things that happen, Jamie. Really? Yeah. yeah some uh, crazy stuff. The company so. might not be uh, might not be on the up and up. No. no. Yeah, but, but yes, you forget some, all about it. <laughs> it's true. You're but, blissfully uh, unaware. Some great actors in, in the show, and yeah, I thought it was awesome, so I'm looking forward to uh, season two. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty random, but this is from Justin. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, one of the best movies, if not best movie ever. Um, what do you guys think about that? Well, the program holds that mantle for Ooh. us, but um, uh, yeah. Terminator is good. T2 solid. Best movie ever? Mm. T2, I'd rather have, uh, T2 is better than Terminator 1. The Terminator. I don't know. Yeah. It's a great movie. I'll give you that. One of the greatest ever. I, I don't know if it's uh, it's not on my podium. And it's not getting on the, the metal podium. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it's good. It's good, but, but yeah. It's All not right. one that when it's on and I'm flipping through the channels that I'm like. Yeah. It's not like Shawshank Redemption. Correct. It's Correct. not like the program. Correct. Correct. Anthony. I watched that or show. Mighty I spent Ducks. money on that show. I spent money on YouTube to watch that movie. Yeah. The program. And you didn't, and you didn't regret it at no, all. No, not at all. He did yeah. his homework. Yep. I had I had to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I could be standing right here if I hadn't watched the program. No, you would have been. <laughs> I would have been fired like Grant ten like, times. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, you would have. And, that, and Grant's been, you know, he's been able to kind of skate by. You would not have been able to skate by. No. It would have been a one and done. It would really one and done been. type situation. We would have. Good, I think we even gave you a deadline, didn't we? I think so. Said, I think I you may have yeah, watched it. You threatened him that next. I remember day. it. Yeah, I you, thought it was a little inappropriate, a little over the top. That's not what you texted None, me. Nonetheless, I I think that it was um, it was good for that situation. Yeah, but as soon as Marsh texted us in our group chat and said, "Starting defense, place at the table," we knew we could trust Marsh with our lives. There it was. Mm-hmm. It was a game changer. Uh, yeah. Last thing here from Thanks Dad, he just puts the Flintstones movie. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because Anthony was making the abadabadoo noises <laughs> really earlier. Was. Yeah, it really was. So I was trying to say Jordan Montgomery. It was bad. Not as bad as my gauntlet performance. Everybody have a great weekend. Wasn't your worst, but I'm close. Mm-hmm. That was on the podium. I recall. I, don't know. I recall one. For You've sure. had a lot of bad ones. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Send me out in the. On a high note. It's replay is next. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Monday. See you.
You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.